Yo, what is up guys? It's the Nightwing at Way of Life Esports coming at you guys with another League of Legends video here today. This is Rift Insight Season 1 Episode 12. So, good news guys, the 2020 World Championship starts this Friday. So, if you guys have been waiting all year for Worlds 2020, then I am happy to tell you Worlds starts this week. And for all the fans out there like me, that like those little icons that you can flash in front of people. Riot just revealed all of them today, and they actually look pretty good. Riot's been getting better with that. I remember, uh, you know, uh, being around for, like, Season 4 Worlds, Season 5 Worlds, and when Season 5 Worlds, when they brought out those little icons that they could, uh, you know, you could flash to support your team. I like the idea. Now, there was one year in 2016 where, like, you had to do specific things, and there were only... So, like, between 2015 and 2016 Worlds, you could only ever use them during Worlds. And then in 2017 Worlds, they uh, switched that so you could flash them whenever you wanted to if you supported said team. As you guys know, uh, I messed up in 2017 and 2018, and I forgot to get the G2 icons. But definitely supporting the boys G2 Esports uh, at the 2020 World Championship, I think that coming off of last year they've learned a lot but I, I think that they are a weaker team in terms of a lot compared to last year I know like they've said they're stronger but for me personally just looking at their gameplay as unbiasedly as possible since like you know I am their fan I don't think they're as strong but they're better at certain things like last year they were pretty much all aggression with pretty good calculated macro but they can never really play from behind that was their thing. So if they got behind, they kind of lost. Or if they got out lane, they lost. I think that this year, they didn't really truly focus on laning as much because they knew they were really strong laners. And they chose to uh, bring out new ways to win because last year, they were really big into being flexible. That's what they were known for, being flexible. Uh, they could flex a bunch of picks that they were playing in scrims. And I think that they're a really strong team. Now, how far will they get compared to last year? I don't know. I really don't know. It's hard to say. I think at their peak this year, they could make semifinals. But would I say they could make the finals? I don't know. I think it's not crazy if G2 makes semis. But it's also not crazy if they get knocked out in the quarterfinals this year or they don't make it out of groups. I mean, this world is going to be unpredictable. It's going to lead to a lot of... Um, random upsets because um the korean teams can't make it until their quarantine is over which is like what the last day before i think the main event starts so that's going to be a problem as you guys know uh deft has back issues right now so he might not be playing too well we don't know uh but mr uh buff guy over there what team are you excited to see if you had to pick one team to be excited for for the 2020 world championship I mean, he's going to say Sooning. He's going to say Sooning. He's been wanting to see SOFM on the competitive, on the international stage for well, years at this point. It's finally happened, so okay, he finally I, made it. A big thing. He's going to overrate him when we talk about the players. He's going to put this guy like number five going into the world. He's yeah. like, I, I've known this guy was good for years. Everybody didn't believe me, but I'm his biggest stand right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I think the big thing I like about SOFM is the fact that he's obviously a more macro-based jungler, and that's something we haven't seen a lot of. But, I mean, the team that I'm probably the most excited about, I mean, 
there, there's a few of them. Like, obviously, TSM has the ability to play early early game-centric comps really well, but they don't know how to play mid-game, and that's why they struggle a lot t- towards these top-tier teams. Like, we, we, we hear a lot of praise coming through Bjergsen, but Bjergsen makes a massive amount of stupid mistakes, and it's just going to cost his team a lot. I think that I, I'm moderately hyped for TSM. I want to see what they're capable of, but there's a lot of very poor decision making um, decisions that the coaching coaching staff apparently allows. Like mm-hmm. him looking for flanks consistently, uh, constantly, even when they're not in a favorable position, he does it. He does it constantly. In in a really in a really weird position. I mean, again, mechanically, I think he's honestly on par with pretty much everybody from the Western scene, like mechanically, like even, even with caps right now, I think he's playing really well laning phase wise, but that, that that's not enough for me to say like, that's going to be the difference maker here. I do actually think Fnatic is going to pair up really poorly with TSM and it's going to be a bigger problem for them because they don't know how to play from behind. They have, they don't have the mentality to do it. And TSM's only good at playing from ahead. Like TSM is going to probably get the early game leads because again, like unless Boypo comes back online, I don't think he's gonna handle Broken Blade that well, and I think that Bjergsen's gonna do pretty pretty decently well into Nemesis. So, again, it all comes down to whether or not they can bounce back from what I would say is a strong early game from uh, like a TSM, and whether or not it's gonna make a difference because most teams are not gonna struggle into a into TSM's mid game. They don't know how to close out the game. They make a lot of stupid mistakes walking around the map and looking for picks that are on the opposite side when they're able to get pushes going faster than you're able. Like, even if you pick them off, they'd already started the shove, so you can't respond to it in time. They make a lot of those kinds of mistakes. Now, do you really think TSM is going to get those early game leads? I do against a lot of teams, probably. Like, even like... Well, a lot of teams are going to face are most likely LGD and Fnatic and Gen G. I'm saying right now, there are not a lot of things that you can stop with just pure macro player or any of that stuff. You just have to be better. That, that, that is why J- JDG is good at playing the kind of passive early game because they have the mechanics to be able to outlane everybody else. And they have the, uh, the, 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 the macro to be able to kind of maneuver around the map to be able to respond to things properly. There's not a lot of teams like that out there. There's not Dragon X attempts to be that, but they're not just not up to that level. Like LGD, like any team is going to struggle in the early game because like, again, the, the, the laning phase that they're able to exert and Spica's kind of step up recently is going to be a big change on whether or not you're going to see a TSM actually struggle because like Fnatic has self-made and that's going to be the 90% of their, their aggressive tendencies. But like, that's not enough. I think they are going to get outlaned in pretty much o- almost every lane at this point. Like mm. this is not a known aggressive laner. He sees as kind of a scaling into late kind of person. He's consistent ADC. And Doublelift is a moderately consistent laner when in terms of just aggression. I don't think they're going to completely dumpster on the lane, but I don't think Fnatic wins out in any of the laning phases. On As it stands right now, they lose almost all the laning phases. I mean, it, I'm not surprised if Whippo beats Broken Blade in lane. I'm I mean, not surprised. I don't, I don't think Broken. I don't think Whippo is as bad as people make him out to be, but he's definitely been playing a lot worse uh, than he has been. It's not about how good or bad he is, it's how inconsistent he is. The, 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 the most consistent version of Fnatic this split was the one where Whipple was struggling and Hillisang was inting, and we saw too much of that during the regular season, and that's why they got really almost close to not making it to playoffs. I mean, we can give Fnatic credit for bouncing back in the best of fives, but at the same time, we do have to acknowledge the, the weaknesses that they betrayed during the regular season. 
the mentality. There's no, there's obviously a leadership issue going around this team. There's obviously issues of just pure lack of knowledge when it comes to just where to be around the map. Sometimes like they, they make a lot of stupid mistakes, but at the same time, TSM makes more mistakes than they do. I think when it comes down to it, mechanically, I think TSM wins this game. But when it comes as a team, it's going to be a bigger, it's going to be a different story. And mm-hmm. all around, EU's adaptability might be the, the big seller on this because they are probably out of every region, they seem to be the most adaptable, the most most willing to make changes and kind of go against the grain of the macro that was there previously. So that might be the difference on what, whether or not EU makes it. But I'm just saying, based off the standings right now, I do think Fnatic gets last in this place if LGD makes it into it. I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think TSM might squeak out second place again above LGD. I don't know, man. I, I like here's my thing with TSM is that their record looks impressive from a point standpoint. Let me try to read friends of people that are going to like talk shit. They're like, "Well, TSM won the LCS 2020 Summer Split." Yeah, their comeback reverse sweep against Golden Guardians, beating Cloud Nine beating Team Liquid, beating FlyQuest. That looks good from a results point of view, but if you're looking at the actual games, it's not as black and white as some people are making out to be. I think that people are genuinely forgetting they almost lost to Team Liquid in Game 4. Team Liquid consistently threw. Jensen face-checked a bush at like 50 minutes in, knowing the Senna, and it was, was Bjergsen on Sinjo that game, knowing that they were still alive. Like, they were losing the TL series consistently. They were, at, at most points, always down, except for maybe in game one. FlyQuest series, they let FlyQuest come back into it. Uh, but they were never really super dominant in the series. And, like, that's my thing, is that if, when people look at the actual gameplay that's going on, you would probably see they weren't really that insane. They were just better than the rest of their competition. Do you really think that TSM got to the level that Cloud9 was at in the uh, LCS 2020 Spring Split? I mean, I think the big thing about me for TSM is literally the the weaknesses of TSM in the early game. They literally, like, landing phase is not really a big thing. And they do try to make plays happen around the map, which is a pretty consistent thing that a lot of teams struggle with. But the thing that people don't take into consideration why Team Liquid and FlyQuest had a moderately good matchup time against them is because they're an objective-based team especially FlyQuest, in terms of just focusing around those bot early game dragons. And that's not something Fnatic is going to take advantage of. That's not something... LGD doesn't take advantage of it. We saw the weaknesses in terms of that when it came to the Sooning series against LGD. They didn't look at the dragons, and that's why Sooning got the early game lead. Like, all of these teams in this region... I mean, this, uh, what's it called? Besides Gen G, have a very clear discrepancy between how much priority they put on early game dragons. And that's going to be something that you... Like, unless you're... Like if you don't take advantage of that against TSM, that is the boat, the probably the biggest clear defined weakness that TSM struggles with in the early game. And when it comes to mid game, obviously they're terrible, but they can pull it back if they if there's not a massive like problem when it comes to just like they've taken all the dragons and we have to blind face check this to walk in there. If you don't do that against TSM, they don't struggle as much in the late game because they're not forced to blind check everything and it could just be a straight up team fight. Like I think that's the, the the bigger difference I have with like obviously Fnatic can probably adapt to that and obviously so can LGD because they just have really good laders. I think on his best days, Hill is saying it's going to be more impactful than Biofrost, but then again, Hill is saying is actually super inconsistent. So you don't even know what Hill is saying you're getting. But 
as you guys already know, we're going to do the um, players first, and then we'll do the uh, top 10 teams. Or if we don't get 10 teams in a specific order, we'll just go off the, uh, you know, 10 teams that we actually have. Uh, because I'm pretty sure most people have Damwon, Top Esports, and JDG at the very, you know, top of their power rankings going into the event. I mean, if you don't, that's crazy. Imagine someone actually thinking that TSM is going to win Worlds. It's crazy, isn't it? But you never know. It's best of ones. As you guys like to say, anything can happen. That's how these things usually generally go. But I think that in a best of one setting, I would more or less so favor Fnatic if we're going up against TSM. That's not like in a bias or anything. I just think that they have players to match TSM's players. And the only big selling point for TSM is still Bjergsen. It's I've always been Bjergsen. That's been a selling point for TSM. I just think that overall, if like TSM want to overcome Fnatic, they're going to have to overcome their own inconsistencies. Like their Rift Herald uh, uh, timing uh, to that objective is like very, very off usually. They're always coming in super late. They're starting it at super bad times where laners are already recalled. Like those are just bad things that are going to get punished. Like imagine starting Rift Herald when your mid laner is recalled and then you have self-made coming and the Nemesis moving over and you're starting a two-man Rift Herald and you're going to have Whipple collapsing too. Like those things are, are going to get punished. But for other teams, I'm, I'm excited to see... I want people to obviously be excited for the new Gen G squad, but it's going to be hard because that squad is also inconsistent in their own way. I don't think life is world-class. I don't think he's bad, but he's definitely not that great. Rascal is getting better, and he's becoming more of a strong side player. That's going to be a beneficial point to his team, but I don't know if that's going to be super consistent. Like, maybe in scrims, he's going to do so bad that they're going to stick him on Orin duty or maybe they'll put him on something like Urgot. You don't really know. Rascal is inconsistent in his own ways. But, you know, toward the end of the uh, LCK 2020 Summer Split, Rascal started playing a whole lot better. So if he can keep up that form going into the event, I think they'll actually do pretty well. But nevertheless, guys, let's start talking about the players. So uh, nothing's really ordered. We're just going over the best players for the event. I mean, pretty much the bigger role we have is going to focus on the better players. So uh, I know a lot of people generally with these kind of things don't go over the North American players, but I do genuinely think they're strong North American players uh, for the North American squads. If they even, if there's like one or God forbid, two North American squads that get out, I think that these would be the most beneficial players, obviously on the teams to get them to that point. So uh, let's start with, FlyQuest's players, Ignar, Power of Evil, and Centauran. So what do you generally think about these guys? If FlyQuest even have any hope of making it out of their group, beside pretty much Power of Evil and Ignar, the two players that I'm looking at to carry the squad, because it's been them all year, Centauran, even on Twitter, he said people were still underrating him, even though he almost won the LCS 2020 Summer Split Finals. It's like... In a group with Karsa and potentially Shadow, Santorin's playstyle is just countered. Like, even Blabber, in that video that I recently did talking about why Cloud9 didn't make the 2020 World Championship, Blabber literally said, all FlyQuest do is pick scaling mid and uh, ADC. It's all they do. Or And they have a weak side top laner. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know 
if Santorin will be able to consistently do what he does here, which is play, which is he, he's pretty much a conservative, non-risk taking jungler. But if you give him an aggressive jungler, it's still not that good anyway. But what I'm looking at is Power of Evil. So if Power of Evil can hold down Chovy and Knight in the mid lane, it opens up Santorin to overall impact the map differently. Power of Evil is, I think, a really good mid laner. Can he hold back Knight and Chovy? I don't know. It, like, I'm not, I'm not going to say he can't just because he's European, but I'm not going to say he's going to dumpster them either. I think it's relatively 70, let's say 70 30. Night, if, if I were to favor the Koreans, but I'm not going to just dis, you know, just outright say Power of Evil is going to suck, right? Ignar's thing. So Ignar is really known for his roaming, playmaking, being what gets FlyQuest going. Uh, who, who, who does he have to face in, in this group? He faces, what, Kyrie and Top Esports to support. Who was Top Support? I forgot his name, actually. Top Support? Uh, it's LeMau. Is it at LeMau? I mean, once top. No, that's GDG. Sorry, top. Uh, what's it called? Tops support is uh, what's top support? It is it's Q QQ. Okay, so in terms of this group, oh, no, it's Yuyanji. Yuyanji is the starter now, huh? I'm, yeah, yeah, it's Yuyanji. It is Yuyanji. I knew it was Yuyanji. Okay, so my thing here is that Ignar, he could potentially match up to Kyrie, and he could potentially match up to Q, uh, to Yanji. That's the thing. So I think if FlyQuest have any sort of shot at getting out of this group, which, let's be honest, they're not, um, it's going to come down to these three players. Do you want to say anything about uh, Power of Evil, Santorin, and uh, Ignar? Okay. So I think the big thing about it, and the reason that I think they're they're not going to struggle as much, maybe there's there's possibilities that that FlyQuest could do moderately well in a few games because first of all, the the biggest like discrepancy in terms of just why people are able to take advantage of top esports is the fact that um, Yuyanji is substantially punishable in terms of the laning phase, and he's he's a rookie support that's really just not been playing like again if you look at the jdg series in the finals he was, he was one of the biggest reasons as to why they were they're struggling so much because they they kind of took advantage of a lot of mistakes he made and were able to kill jackie love and him because of that like there there are definitely flaws in terms of just the, like the uh, play style of, of uh jdg and like uh top esports they they are a really good mechanical team and honestly can can flyquest capitalize on the mistakes they make in the bot lane maybe can they translate that into a snowball lead to where they take the game over i don't think so but again it's not like like power of evil is a bad player i mean like obviously he's, he's mechanically good like i think when it comes down to it i think the big thing that flyquest i mean uh flyquest has to do is generate a moderately big lead in the bot lane and try and translate that into something where they can make it to where knight's big lead in the mid lane is pretty much in, in like Negative, like negative. See, the thing with Knight is something that these teams can punish it. You can punish over-aggressive tendencies. You can. On who? Knight. You can't punish Knight. I've never, I don't. Believe. I think you can. It that, just depends on how the team does it. Like, so you're telling me you can't punish over-aggressive tendencies? That's, it's not over-aggressive tendency. He's one of the most intelligent mid-laning people. You don't catch him out with, there's a reason that he's one of the least, like, 
like one of the least ganked mid laners in the entire league is because he 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 definitely takes you can be aggressive but you also can take into consideration based off where the jungler was previously where he's going to be at on the map like i i don't think that they're especially not Flyquid. What if Flyquid's going to do with Santorin? Santorin going to jump in the mid lane with his patented... <laughs> All he ganks is mid. All Santorin ganks is mid. And you know what? Mid lane ganks are the worst thing to do in this meta, and that's just terrible. Like, that's mm -hmm. why Santorin's lack of... Santorin doesn't gank at all. Like, I don't even know... He but when he does, he only ganks for mid. When he does, it's literally off the back of Ignar roaming around and him following his suit. Like, he doesn't ever initiate ganks. It's because he's not a gank-centric jungler for some mm -hmm. reason. Literally, and he's going to be facing Karsa, who literally ganks twenty four seven. I'm just saying, like, if you look at like specifically, like most of the TSM series, he never ganked once. Like, like a lot of the series, <laughs> literally the, the the priority of the first twenty minutes, unless it was a, like it, like the first series in in the spring split, we'll make it a little bit go we'll go back a little bit in the spring split. He didn't gank a single time except for two times. I think it was a there was one roamer on the map with Ignore towards top lane, and there was another one towards bot. Like with the mid lane, I believe there was literally almost no ganks out of uh, Santorin the entirety of the time. His his pre twenty minutes mark, and the reason why he got completely dumpstered by Dardock in that series is because he he literally has a neg he has a non impactful beginning of the game, like in terms of just like actual affecting the map kind of start to the first twenty minutes of the game. Like all he does is is an objective faced farming jungler who kind of makes roams around the map if he's seen it, like. I, I like I like Santorin. I think he's 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 really useful for a lot of TSM I mean, like NA teams because NA doesn't punish the, the large amount of weaknesses he has. But again, I don't think he has what it takes to punish Knight. I don't think Power of Evil is good enough to punish Knight, even though I think Power of Evil has been playing a lot better than he has in the previous year. Like he's still not good enough to punish the the mechanical mistakes that maybe Knight might make, but I don't think he will. Like. Mm. They're, like the the only NA mid laner I'm moderately hyped on right now is probably Bjergsen because I think I've been I've all right. Been pretty so let's right head towards TSM. So TSM, the only players we're even looking at guys is Doublelift and Bjergsen. So people are probably gonna mention why are we talking about Broken Blade? Why are we talking about Spica? You know, clearly two players that had a big contributing factor as to the reason why TSM did, did as well as they did later on during the playoffs for the uh, LCS 2020 summer split. So, I don't know. Guys, I think that Broken Blade, if he's put into a position where he has to play weak side, that's going to be like a, uh, 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 we've seen it all, all year. I don't think it's going to be that good. Spica on the international stage, I mean, I'm not going to try to compare the two, but we saw Blabber on the international stage and I mean, Spica's a little bit worse than him, so it's like, I don't really see much. Biofrost, not hyped on whatsoever. Now, Doublelift could easily have one of the best worlds of his career. I'm not expecting it, nor do I think it's going to happen. But I do think that if they were to win some games, I do think that it would come off the back of him and Bjergsen. Obviously, uh, shot calling, you also have Bjergsen who is the sole focal point of his team. Now, if you're making a top 20 list, there's a reason why you don't put most uh, players from the uh, North American teams in the top 20 because it's going to also have to deal with the uh, region being super weak. Then you also have to factor in uh, TSM like to pretty much give Bjergsen 
anything and everything he wants. Now, I do think that TSM will struggle against the teams in their group. Like, I've seen these teams all year. I've seen Gen.G all year. I've pretty much kept up with LGD for most of the year, and I've kept up with Fnatic most of the year. I think that TSM are good at certain things that they do. And even Bjergsen, like Bjergsen, if he's people got to understand this, if he's not on TF or or uh, what's the champion, bearded guy, Zillion, or he's Sin. not. If he's not, if he's not on those three, TF, Syndra, or, or Zillion, I I, I or maybe Azir, or maybe Azir. I, I I just don't think his impact is just marginally less because of just that might just be have to be the, the utility of the champion. Oriana. I'm not gonna put that. So, Orianus, yeah. But it, it's just those main three: Syndra, Zillion, and TF. I, just, I think I, that he the the reason I think it's been a lot more. I think he takes over the game a lot more because the impact TF can have around the map is substantially more impressive. Like, and that's but that also plays off his teammates with the pick too. I mean, I think that's just how TF works in, ge in general. It's mm. not inherently because Bjergsen's not as impactful in the others because he still team fights incredibly well in a lot of champions. It's the fact that uh. TF is the most impactful early game champion of the game, probably, and that's why a lot of people like besides maybe Aurelian Soul, and I don't think that's gonna be pulled out anytime soon. Like I think without a doubt, there's not really like, too many people I would say could take like could take a lot of the uh, things he's got going on right now to the level that he does. Like he's he's genuinely one of the most impressive impressive uh mid laners in this group. Like, again, it's not the most impressive mid lane lineup anyways, to be fair, but still. Like, there's a lot of things I think TSM can bring to the table, like specifically based off whether or not... Again, if they let him have T TF, it's going to expediate the, the early game lead that they're trying to look for anyways. Like, if they let him have, like, just a team fighting mid laner, hopefully that forces them to be like, you know what, let's not look for picks and let's try and team fight instead, because they're stupid when it comes to picks. They just need to not do it. Yeah. I don't think they need to pay pick center comps post laning phase anyways. So that's all the players I got for TSM. I think that even if TSM were to even have a shot at getting out of the group, it's going to be either off the back of Bearson or Doublelift, potentially Broken Blade or Spica, but I think it's just going to be off those two. Let's go to TL. The TL players that we're looking at are Jensen and, you guessed it, Core JJ and Tactical. I think Tactical played really well during the LCS 2020 summer split. I think he played fantastic all year, but it's going to be his first Worlds, so my expectations are kind of low on some players going into Worlds for the first time. Either they choke or they overperform. I think that he is really consistent, so if they want to have a consistent source of damage, I think Tactile can provide that. I think people are massively sleeping on how good he is, even coming into next year. I think he played great all year. So if they're going to have... I think they have something that they wanted in double lift last year. They have a super consistent ADC who's not going to make mistakes, who all obviously wants to play for lane priority. Now, that that's going to be an issue later on that he'll have to fix, but I think that's fine. Uh, Core JJ. Core JJ's played also really well. Core JJ is better than Ignar. Just the same thing that I talked about with Ignar. Core JJ is the reason why his team does pretty much anything and everything because TL are very, very safe. They're a team that doesn't make mistakes. Fun fact, TL have the longest game time, even a play in teams, 38 minutes and 25 seconds. So if there's going to be a possibility that Team Liquid can play faster, now it's going to be off of Core JJ. And uh, to Jensen's point, 
for everything I said for Bearson, it goes to Jensen. Like I, I think Jensen's played great. I think if you put Bearson at like a ten, Jensen's at a nine. Even during a lot of the playoff series that Tio was in, Jensen was a big contributing factor. And Jensen also, outside of just last year's Worlds, he's never really failed at any World Championship, quote unquote. He's been the best performing mid for North America at most of the World Championships, and I think that. Last year was his one bad world, but I think this year coming in with this squad, it's going to be a lot more different. And to credit to Jensen's point, the years he did perform really well came off the playing stage. Now he's going to have the playing stage to obviously fix any issues or if he's going to obviously step up his game because we know the wild card midlanders are going to throw curveballs at you because they have to do that in order to win. So those are the only things I have on uh, Team Liquid for the North American players overall. Uh, we wanted to hi highlight the North American players. Because uh, I don't want to be the guy that doesn't hi highlight them because of just like past precedences, because, you know, the past years don't really matter for world championships. It's kind of just how they're playing right now. And I think these guys are the only possible factors if the North American squads do well. Uh, but what do you want to say for um, the Team Liquid players? I mean, obviously, Impact is going to be a gigantic liability like he is every single world. It's like, obviously, it's just true. Every time he fakes a moderately competent mid top laner, he's not able to produce the same amount of like he's weak side, but he's a weak player in general. He's obviously, and this is weaker, the weakest form we've seen impact in in probably his career. This is the worst we've seen impact, and I think that's a really terrible thing to say. Obviously, I'm really disappointed in it, but at the same time, we have to take that into consideration. Impact does not look as good as he did the previous year, and it's really going to make a dent on how much. Uh, like um, Team Liquid or any of these, I mean, they're really going to be able to do because the, the strongest role in all the Chinese, in, in like China in general, is probably top lane. Top and mid are they're just like a close first and second for the strongest. Which also have to factor in this year, TL don't have a Havoc Smithy to consistently put them through the jungle. They have Broxa, who consistently does nothing. Like can almost I mean, consistently does like nothing. Smithy didn't do anything either, to be fair. It's not like. But he didn't lose really... you the game. He didn't lose you the game. He, he tried to lose you the game at all. Brox is uh, honestly. Yeah, you don't do, yeah, if he doesn't do anything, he loses the game. <laughs> no, he he is able to team fight well, and that's something I'll give credit to Brox. When it comes down to team fighting, I think he's moderately okay. Skirmishes, not so much. I think those little skirmishes that kind of develop, like if it's not a pre planned, premeditated fight, Brox is worthless. If it's kind of just, a, okay, we're going to set up right here and we're going to play a front to back comp, Brox is moderately useful. Like, I think when it comes down to, like, if you see a lot of dragon fights that kind of, you don't, they don't expect him to contest or anything, Broxa doesn't know where to go. Broxa doesn't know how to position himself, and that's something that I've really disliked about him recently. But, I mean, I think Broxa kind of works for this team because, again, they were scaling uh, kind of team, and I think Broxa is better at team fighting than Xmithy is. So I'll give him credit for that. I mean, he's, he's completely worthless in the early game, which is kind of unfortunate, but at the same time, that's not all you look for in a jungler. It's just the most important aspect, unfortunately. Um, I think T Team Liquid is going to be the worst performing t uh, NA team out of all the three because of how weak their top side is. Like, at the very least, like FlyQuest with, uh, what's his name? He can play an okay gangplank and stuff like that. Like, Impact really has nobody. Impact really just only s thrives on tanks now. He's not able to play these, these kind of strong carries type of junglers i mean the top laners like he was able to previously last year like with the akali like I, if we want if it comes like when it comes down to it what is, oh i was wondering what that was 
Yeah, when it comes down to it, I think that we're going to have a very, very underwhelming Team Liquid this year because, again, there's not a very big superstar on this team. To maybe Jensen's the best player on this team along with Core JJ. And, again, support really can't carry you through anything but the early game and picks maybe in the late game. But uh, their team fighting is not going to be anything extraordinary. They're going to lose to pretty much most top laners on the top side because this is the strongest role in their group, I believe. Which well, they, we don't know what group they're in, but I'm assuming they're going to go in group, uh, group, what is it, group A? They're going in group A, correct, with G2 and stuff? Probably. I think that I think this is the most likely group that we're going to see um, them in. And I think with, with that said, I think Bin is a very strong, capable person. I think that uh, Wonder is going to completely dumpster him. So I think that when it comes down to it, Team Liquid is struggling on too many fronts, but at the same, like maybe maybe they don't because again they they are possibly being put into the weakest group. That is another thing that I might say. I think they're the weakest weakest suited for the worlds, but at the same time they might have got the most the most lucky draw like like luck of the draw. Like they actually again they did luck out with the with the uh, people they have to face. That is that is a guaranteed fact. They did like mm-hmm. again the best team in this group is looking to be G two or suiting, and that's not. Like again, those are good teams, but they're not the overbearing teams like Damon and JDG and Top Esports are. Mm-hmm. Team Liquid Champel is not even a pull; it's a jacuzzi. I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, look at the, the most diverse player on this team. Like, it's obviously not Broxa. Broxa plays Graves if he's a carry, and like tanks if he's not. Mm-hmm. And tactical, obviously, tactical. You don't really get to see anybody's champion pull in this meta because it's just a support of ADC right now. Like, I I think when it comes down to it, Jensen and Core JJ have a pretty large champion pool, and beyond that, I think no one else does. Did you? Yeah. Did you? But not they also, that? I mean, they also they also um play the least amount of champions. They play the least amount of champions all year. Now, I think who said it? Jad said there's no point in revealing you can play a lot of champions this early on because they don't need to. That makes no, sense, kinda. It only makes sense because I get uh, maybe they cons- considering they were locked into worlds, they didn't feel like they needed to strive for first place. I mean, maybe that maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they just want to try and make it out of group stages, and getting third place in NA or first place in NA doesn't amount to the same amount of a uh, yeah. Graves is trash. I hate it. His Graves is worthless. His Lee Sin is worthless. It was good. He had the one good Graves game. He had the one bad Graves game. Where no, it was two. A five he had, minute he had, fight. He had the two. It was a, it was a, it was like a minute and a half yeah, fight. This up every single time. Where he did not he did not attack, dude. That's good enough for me to reference every single time. That's worthless. That's not a human being. I I literally. What about the TL in TL in game five? He played Graves and was five and zero. He he played better on the champion. Yeah, he's been playing it every single game. So I mean, I assume <laughs> he's going to be at least moderately okay. I don't like I don't like Brox. I have a lot of problems with Brox's playstyles. I really dislike him as a player. I think he's a good human being, but in in a meta suited for early game aggressive junglers or objective based junglers or anything, he he succeeds. At, he he really thrives at nothing. He's literally he's the worst of everywhere. He's like Hannah Montana, just exactly the opposite. The worst of both worlds. Like that was a bad one. I'm sorry. I apologize. For that, one. that was not good. Still, People are gonna watch this on the replay and go, "What the fuck? Those puns are terrible." That wasn't a pun. That was just a terrible joke. Um, so that's think, it for the yeah. North American players, unless I'm criminally underrating someone else. 
I mean, I think the a big difference. I do think you kind of really negated how much Broken Blade is going to have an impact on side of a TSM series. He because not play weak side. That is a he big have impact. To play weak side. No, he no plays weak side. If he he's going to be put on that position at some point. How? I mean, you can't force somebody to play weak side. You can literally always give them a matchup that moderately works well into it. Sometimes you maybe can it depends matchup. on what what is banned out and what's the draft phase looking I'm just like. Saying, but Whippo, they, they're the, the the team that I think is going to prioritize top is going to be Fnatic. I think Fnatic out of everybody because Genji doesn't care about top side, mm. and LGD again focuses more so on their bot side than anything. There, there's not going to be a big difference, like a big a big centralized focus for mm-hmm. any team besides Fnatic on the bot side, I mean, on the on the top side. So they're really going to get the priority picks in these situations. And I think Broken Blade, unless Whippo comes online like he was before, is not going to have a problem with them because Whippo has been very much underrated. I mean, under underachieving. I think there's really there's really not a world where I see Fnatic, I mean, uh, that I see TSM struggling a lot in the top side half of the map because they really don't need the jungle attention. They really don't need the resources because he's going to get it on his own. I think there's not an. Uh, there, this is the weakest top top lane pool out of probably all the groups in the tournament. I would say. Mm-hmm. I think every other group has at least two top laners better than probably even the best one in this group. Okay, so that's pretty much it for all the North American players. Just as like honorable mentions, just want to make sure I went over the strongest players for their teams if they got out of the groups. So let's go to Europe. So. For let, let's just start with Rogue for a moment because Rogue has players that are strong, like I think Larson and Inspired are strong players. I think Rogue and Vander are solid, but there is one issue Finn. Finn is definitely going to be a problem. If Rogue even wants a shot out of even getting out of this group, Finn is going to have to step up his game. Now, Finn can beat players like Arome, like it's no tomorrow. But it doesn't matter because Rome is about on his level, essentially. Just about right there, you know, about 50-50, right? But when it comes to the group that he's in, he's in the group with uh, Zoom and Naguri. So if you think it's going to happen, um, sorry to tell you it's not. I mean, if Naguri and Zoom fail against Finn, it's not because Finn was better. It's because the other two better players literally... Literally, I mean, literally cut off their hands and choked. There's no way he's better than them. So I, I see that as a massive liability for Rogue, even if they had a shot at getting out of the group. That's just it for the Rogue players. I think that Larson and Inspired are a great duo. They play off each other, even actually way better than the Fnatic mid-jungle. But I just don't see them capitalizing on uh, the mistakes, even if JDG and Damo were to make them. Like, Kang and the Showmaker are just a more better 2v2 than uh, Larson and Inspired. Now, JDG's um, 2v2, Kanavi and Yagao, I could see a draft where Rogue gets the better in, end of them, but consistently, not really. Anything you want to say for uh, for Rogue or just, just the players that we've like, layered out? I, I think this Rogue got unlucky. I think like I, I don't see a world where they do well in this in this specific situation that they've been shoved into. Like their 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 weakest kind of point in their entire team is the top side, and that's the strongest point of both of the other teams that they're matching up against. There's a lot mm-hmm. of top centric plays. Like they, maybe they focus around the other side of the map and try to negate some of the the, the mm-hmm. impact. But like even if they don't send the jungler up there, 
Finn is gonna Finn is gonna be a very gigantic liability for this team. Like I wanna I wanna have faith for this team. I think Rogue had a fun place that like no they didn't. Rogue was boring to watch. I can't say that either. Like I just I don't I don't want to see a team that I think was not as bad as some of the other teams in this in this world get forced to lose because they just got unlucky with the draw. It's unfortunate for Rogue. Hmm. I really I really hope like Inspired and Larson can just make something happen. Maybe they, yeah they have a good team all around. I think there's a very good reason that they're in Worlds, but it does not look good for them at the, at the very least. Maybe getting fourth place would have been better for them. Maybe if they'd lost against Mad Lions, they would be in better shape right now. Hmm. Now let's go to Mad Lions actually. So the only players we have here for them are Kaiser and Shadow. Shadow is interesting. He has massive pop-off games like Yankos, but then he has games where he looks like oh my god, who's that freaking jungler in their region that looks really, really bad? The guy on Vitality, what's it called? In NJA, is that his name? That guy's terrible. Like he has really good games where he you can clearly see he has the peak of a player like self-made, player like uh Yankos, but you don't really get that consistently. Like for the first half of the split, Mad Lions were dominant, but at a certain point, they fell off. And it, and it was in par because Shadow started playing a little bit more worse. I think that Shadow thrives on Lee Sin, but also can thrive off a few other picks, but not as strong as his Lee Sin. But I think that if Mad are going to have a shot at doing really well in this group, on par with uh, uh, the, his teammate, which is Kaiser, who's going to be in the bot lane, obviously, for his team... I think that these are the two players you should be looking at uh, for Mad Lions. I think Kaiser is really good. He was probably, what, the best support in EU along with Vander all of the uh, 2020 LEC Summer Split. So is there anything you want to say for um, Kaiser and Shadow? I mean, I think Kaiser might be one of the best supports coming out of the Western scene, which is something I, is not a weak, weak position that NA is producing because they have Ignar and Core JJ. I think Kaiser is definitely up in that conversation. I mean... The weaknesses that I think, uh, what's it called, has, that uh, uh, Mad Lions has, is the fact that I mm-hmm. think that they're reliant on the Lee Sin pick. I mean, again, he's not worthless on the other picks, but it's not something you like to, like, If it is, it's definitely a comfortability pick, and you would prefer to see him on Lee Sin than anything. Like, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you think Shadow's pathing is good? I mean, I, I think Shadow's, I mean, there's, there's not really too much in terms of just pathing that you can really mess up in this meta right now. I think, I, again, I think he's an incredibly, he's not incredibly smart. I don't think that's his thing. He's more, he's more reliant on like mechanics and all that stuff. But uh, I, I get it completely. I, I understand the, uh, like I understand what like Shadow's going to bring to the table. I think it's going to be something that they're going to have to rely on. They're going to have to rely on the early game pressure that Shadow can bring to the table and the mechanics like he, to outplay in these little skirmishes that might be forced on to them but i mean how much is it really gonna matter like again mm-hmm. like they, they they at the end of the day even if he pops off completely they're gonna have an 0 17 top laner like rome is also in a very bad spot i think again we saw his jacks that one time against g2 and he was not worthless but at the same time i don't really think i like him on carries that much mm. like mad lions is probably gonna be put into what is it group d group they have to go with group d yeah, they if they make it out, they would have to automatically go in Group D. The yeah. other groups have the EU teams. Like, they like they're obviously 
expected like they, they, there's it's not like it's the strongest uh role inside of this group but doran is gonna definitely doran is definitely the better of the two i mean doran is definitely mm-hmm. better than the romi not a significant amount to where i think it'll make a difference but i mean i think like what's his name i i think that uh 369 being in this group is going to be a big problem for them because he's been he was one of the better top laners coming out of china i mean like I, I, I do have hope for it, Mad Lions. I think this is one of the better groups they could have been put into because, again, FlyQuest is in here. They're not very strong. we got Dragon yeah. X, who's been one of the more struggling Korean teams. And, like, Top Esports, again, I don't expect them to beat them, but I can see them getting second place in this group if they make it into that. Like, this is a possibility, 100%. Like, Dragon X is not it's not the old Korea where they're, they're completely dominant. I think Dragon X definitely has a mass amount of flaws in their gameplay. And, like, again, maybe... Mad Lions can't punish that, but I, I can see a world where they could. All right. What is the other team? Fnatic. So the only Fnatic player we ha- even have in as one of the best players for the 2020 World Championship is just self-made. That's it. Even then, I think he's struggling. Really, the best player on this team, most consistent, has been reckless. But at the uh-huh. same time, consistency doesn't bring wins. Like, if they want to win this it game... can, if it's paired with something else. No, I mean if it's paired with good players all around it's like if everybody was consistent but they were consistently average that doesn't matter any like mm. what this team needs what fanatic needs to be put on the table is a Bwipo that is not underperforming and a hillisang that's not constantly running it down mid if we have both of these things coming online for fanatic i think they could do well like this fanatic team has a lot of potential they have a lot of good players on this team and their early game pressure when they're on point is really good because they have a lot of aggressive laners along with a lot of aggressive is maybe a stretch, but they have a lot of good laners along with a lot of early game pressure generated from self-mate. Like, I think this could be the team that I th- I have a lot of the most question marks about because they have, like, the, 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 the ability is there. There's obviously the ability for them to make a mark at this world. Like, they have the potential. They probably have the more potential than TSM does, obviously. They have more potential than a lot of these teams, but whether or not they live up to the expectations and to the, their old standards that they set for themselves is up to them. Like, you can't expect them to play to the level at which you think they you should always because they they, they usually play worse than they should. Like, they're, they're a very emotionally driven team, and there's not an emotional leader on this team to keep it in check. So when, when they get behind or when they think they're nervous about pretty much anything, like, just look at the, the first game of the series against G2. I think they played moderately well, and they made mm-hmm. a mistake, lost the game, and they never bounced back from that emotionally. Every other game besides that was a stomp. And I think that's really, really going to be the, the the decider for this team. Whether Like, if they lose, like, the first game against, like, a, I don't know who they're playing first, but if they lost the first game against, like, a, like a TSM. TSM off the bat, like, they'd be devastated. This team would completely combust and, like, destroy itself mentally. And I don't think they'll be – if they lose to TSM, they're not going to beat the other two teams that first week. An 0-3 week would be too much for them to bounce back from. I think hey, it happened before. Be, hey, it happened before yeah, when they were – That team wasn't mentally deficient. Like, the, the the most – the biggest problem for that team was whether or not – what's his name? Uh, what is that top laner's name? I always forget him. Soaz? This was going to be a big liability. And honestly, I never think he was. I don't think he was at that point in time. I think – I think Fnatic can make a difference. I think I really hope they do live up to the the the, the, uh, the the hopes that I have for them because they're a solid team. They are they're really a good team when they're playing at their best. When when Fnatic is at their best, they are really are close, if not they're close to if not actually a world class team. They just like struggle to to beat themselves. 
they lose to themselves more than anybody else. My thing with Fnatic is they usually come with their draft already prepped. They know what they're going to ban. They know what they're going to pick. They usually pick scaling mid with early aggressive jungler, and it pairs up really, really well with what Selfmade wants to do early on. Now, Selfmade is the only player I could have here for one of the best players coming into the 2020 World Championship because I feel like that he un understands when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive, when to play off the, his objective timers really effectively enough to impact his team where he's helping them taking dragons early on. Now, his issue uh, would be that he doesn't have any synergy with his laners to make that a big... How would I say this? He doesn't have any synergy with his laners to the point where that could be a strength for his team. Like, I look at all the other players for most of the other squads, he just doesn't really have synergy with these the other, other players he has. Like, Nemesis and Selfmade, bad synergy. Bwipo and Nemesis, not not really in tune with what they want to do around around the map when they're obviously in a favorable position. Selfmade and Bwipo don't play uh, towards top side. Like, Selfmade really isn't a player that's playing towards his laners. He's playing more or less so to get himself ahead, which will in turn benefit his team. But Selfmade for Fnatic is one of the reasons why I think uh, if they want a shot at getting out of the groups, It'll be based off of his performance and recklessness. Now, moving on to G2, let's go to Caps, Wonder, and Yankos, the triple threat, the trinity for G2. So do you really think G2 is going to do as well as they did last year? I think they have an easy group to get it. They have the single easiest group out of every person in the region. Last year they had a pretty interesting group. Again, this is an easy group. They're the hardest team on this pay on paper is going to be Sooning, and like the other team coming in is probably Team Liquid. I really don't see a world where they don't make it out, and honestly, I could see them easily just cruising in the first place, depending mm -hmm. on whether or not Sooning is a bad matchup, which I think it could be. I think it definitely could be a bad matchup for them. Like they don't really have an answer for SOFM, but like I don't see a world where they don't make it out of this group. I, I, I could see Yankos, um, I don't know. It's hard to say if he, I don't think he would beat SOFM. I think he could stabilize him. In terms of, he would have to see where SOFM is playing on the map. So if SOFM is one game playing towards top side, maybe Yankos focuses his resources bot side. That's where I was going to see if Yankos could win because uh, it's hard, hard to really say. Like, what's going to win in a juggle matchup? Because there's so many different variables for how a draft works anyway. But in terms of G2, Caps, Wonder, and Yankos are going to be one of the biggest key factors is as to the reason why G2 maybe reaches semifinals. Because Caps is really, really good. He does struggle against the Asian mid laners, but, like, who doesn't? I, I still can't really fault him for that. He does, once he gets out of laning phase, he does well. So that's the thing. So if, if he can just go even and potentially come out with maybe a CS lead and maybe at a point where they're able to roam. Because, you know, G2 like to play aggressive, so they're always going to be looking for fights. So if he can get ahead early on, I think he's going to be a beneficial point to the reason why uh, G2 do well. Wonder has been just pretty good for ever since, what, 2018 World Championship. He's been really solid. It's flexible. Never, He's pretty much an upgraded version of Licorice in every single way possible. So... That's what I have to see about the G2 players. And that's pretty much all the players for Europe. 
as we're going to put for the best players for the 2020 World Championship. So that covers the West. The West is done. Now we have the harder part. The harder part is, oh, you want to do Korea first or you want to do uh, China? I think Korea's – China's really easy. China's really easy. We pretty much went over top esports and their weaknesses, but we can – We I definitely think we have a few things we could touch on. I think the big thing I want to talk about first of all is – the, the Korean teams, because there's a lot of weird things that about them right now. I think mm-hmm. uh, obviously Deft was coming off an injury, so I don't want to take his his performance in the playoffs and all that stuff a little too seriously. Obviously, like he's he's really been trying to recover from that, and whether or not he it, it's the thing that makes him bounce back is really the difference difference maker on how strong this team is. Because right now it's the Chovy show, and they're forced into watching Chovy attempt to take over the game. But like, there's not a team in the world that has a direct answer for Chovy. Like Chovy is literally without a doubt one of the best mid laners in the world and there's like nothing most people can say about like most people can say mm-hmm. about that like there's not a mid laner who's gonna be uh oh my god what is Chobi gonna do about this there's no one like that there's no one like that showmaker wasn't that even in the finals matchup the, the difference was not a difference between them like the reason that they won was literally because of the fact that they were able to play around everybody in like a damn one they were able to coordinate skirmishes a lot more effectively they were able to be instigate them instead of being reactionary and that's a big thing like obviously you mm. saw it not pay off a few times when they shoved into bots bot side right next to the dragon but for the most part most of their their jungle gangs paid off they were able to do pretty much whatever they wanted like now for me with dragon x the issue here is that if you're talking about them specifically as their team and their players the best players on their team are obviously the bot side chovy Deft and Kyrie. Now, it's hard to really tell how strong Deft is right now based off the playoffs and based off his injury. He did play worse, but people got to factor in. Dragon X were in first place for the LCK 2020 summer split for quite some time until Damwon took over their spot. Then you also have to factor in that Dragon X, like Team Liquid, have a distinct play style, and it's very hard to get them off of that play style and having them play something different. They always draft for Chovy, and they always pick Deft and Kyrie, a scaling ADC, and a playmaking support. Now you have the top side, Doron and uh, Piosik. So I think that that's one of the weakest top sides for uh, Korea going into this event. I think that top side is really bad. I think that they're going to get... Really bad as a stretch. Not really bad, but compared to to the level of competition that Korea is sending, they're the worst. They are the worst. Let me think. Dragon X and Genji. Genji sending Roach and you know I guess Rascal and Clid. Yeah, Rascal Clid. Niguri Canyon. Out of the three, they're and they're definitely exploitable. Like they're definitely exploitable. That's the thing, is that you can exploit them and then win off exploiting those two specifically. I mean that's just they, how it is for, for their team. Yeah, specifically didn't really need to do that. They 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 exploited the the, the their cohesion as a team in the early game and they, they didn't really go after like topside or anything like that they just kind of did their thing and there was nothing they didn't have an answer to it because again it's not even purely mechanics which is a big thing obviously it's it's straight mm-hmm. up about no one being knowing how to deal with them there's no there's no dealing with the the pace at which damn one sets up like there's there's not too many teams who could do that and that's that was the big thing um, I think Piosik has really stepped it up this split. I think he was terrible. He was horrible the first split, but he's not been as bad as he was before recently. Like mm-hmm. I think he's really 
got got to the next level like got to the next level that i think they needed him to be he's not a superstar but at the same time he's not like something that's going to make this is not a, but this is not a team you could see winning the world championship though I, I disagree like anybody can win the world championship and i think that there's a lot of strengths that whether or not the other enemy teams like again they have chovy and deft and that and chovy deft and kira are strong enough for me to say that this is a this is a content, contender like they're not the favorites they're not the favorites and that's always the thing you don't you don't just pick on if they have if you have strengths that you can play through there's always a possibility of you being able to play on your best days and your best your bad your worst players not being able to keep up i mean being able to keep up moderately with the base you can always pull out a win in my opinion i mean look at look at with uh korea i mean the, the probably the best team to come out of korea in the china versus L, lck thing was probably dragon x dragon x paired up the best against them because Again, there's a few teams like JDD plays moderately similar to Dragon X, but they don't have the same potential in terms of just late game scaling. You know what's like, funny about that tournament is that they would have actually gotten out if IG had won a single game. <laughs> they would have made it to the, the next day. They did play well against the Chinese competition, but remember that was back during at the end of spring for that 2020 midseason cup. I don't disagree with that. Dragon X has definitely stagnated since then. But at the they same did time, peak. they got first place, but then it was just like you could but you could clearly tell they weren't the best team though. Like you you could literally tell that anybody could have taken their spot anyway. SKT was the best team coming out of Korea. They just didn't do the best. I think at that mm-hmm. point in time SKT was the best Korean team. But Dragon X showed that there's a very big flaw in terms of how China deals with these late game, um, th- these kind of late game scaling kind of passive mm-hmm. passive comps that are reactionary. Like that's why JDG shines so much. Again, JDG obviously has better players in Zoom and all that stuff that really Dragon X doesn't have an answer to. But like again, Dragon X, w- what Dragon X lacks in like obviously a complete mm-hmm. degradation top laner. They have a better ADC scaling. They have a better mid later scaling than JDG does. And like, that, I think that's enough to, for me to say that maybe I still think that JDG all around is a better team laking, but it's comparable to where I could say that they could definitely take the late game against, uh, in, in the right circumstances, they could take the game against JDG because they're not significantly worse in the late game than them. They, hmm. they, they definitely have bet more strength in certain situations. So that's all I got for Dragon X. You have Chovy, Deft, and Kyrie. The next team going in would be Genji. My boys, Genji. Hopefully, Ruler can make it to the finals or the semifinals. So you have Ruler as one of the best players for the team. You have Clid, and you also have BDD. Now, as for someone who's also likes Genji, they're a good team. Their issue is that I don't know what Genji I'm gonna get. Like, I'm not trying to make that as their weakness but it's really that like at the 2020 midseason cup when we saw them at the last international event quote unquote they how would i say this they knew you could play faster to win but they didn't because it they they did it in scrims but they felt like they couldn't replicate it on stage but they knew that was the way to win i don't know if that's nerves i don't know if that's what people say, quote-unquote, choking. They did fix that. But Clid and BDD have the same problem that Nemesis and Selfmade have. There's no synergy. Clid does his own things. BDD does his own things. They do team fight all very well. 
Ruler's strong, BDD's strong, Clit is strong. Rascal is becoming a little bit more better than people are, you know, kind of giving credit for. I just don't know where I'm putting them in terms of strength, but they're not a bad team. Their issue is that they have three superstars and two considerably consistent players that can give the stars what they need. Now, Clit's also been having issues with jungle pathing. I don't think he's been as strong as a lot of people are trying to make it out to be. I think a lot of people are just going off of last year. I think a lot of people are just remembering what he did on Team 1 and not really remembering what he's done now. He's not been the best jungler, but he's also not been the weakest either. But I think that if Genji are going to have a shot at doing well at Worlds 2020, it's going to be off the back of Clid, BDD, and Ruler. I don't know what Thorne was smoking, putting BDD as not in like his top five mid laners. I don't know. That's not me, but I think BDD is strong. What about you? I mean, BDD is obviously, I think if we have to put in, in the list, I think he's probably a top five mid laner, regardless of what everybody thinks. I think there's a lot of disagreements whether or not uh, BDD is considerably like a superstar or anything like that. I do think like, I think maybe you're mixing up ADD and him or something. I think maybe that's the case. <laughs> ADD's a top like, laner, isn't he? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, maybe they're just mixing up the names or something. Because, again, like, he, he's not obviously, like, a Chobi-level player, but he's incredibly good. I think he's, he's without a doubt, a top five mid laner. I think he's better than Caps. I still put that up, put that up there. I could say World of Caps beats him. I don't see that world. I BDD don't has, but BDD hasn't been lane dominant, though. His he, dominance comes the, from his dominance yeah. comes from team fighting. BDD is still a really good laner. I just I don't think Caps is as good as BDD. I don't think I don't think Caps really matches up to really anybody that the, the East is sending besides maybe Yagao and a few other ones. Like, oh, what's up, I Zen? How you doing, man? I think BDD is just overshadowed by Showmaker and Chovy and LCK. BDD is not as good as Chovy and Showmaker. That's just because of how good inherently they are. Like they're just incredibly good players themselves. And that's why it's kind of hard for them to keep up the like it's 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 makes him look worse in comparison because they're so good and he's mm-hmm. had to compete with them. But I think if we stack him up against a few of the other p- players inside of the other regions, I think he'd do fine. Like he's better than Yigao, he's better than a few other Chinese mid laners, but he's just not up to the standards. He's the worst mid laner coming out of Korea. I think that's without a doubt. Worse is a stretch. I think he's the weak he'll be I think he's the weakest, I wouldn't say worst. He's he's comparably the worst out of Chovy and Chovy and Showmaker. He's the. I worst think he has. Them. I think he has strengths that they don't though. He has strengths they don't. Chovy and who else did you say? What was it? Showmaker. They Chovy do Chovy. not. They don't play well from behind. BDD plays better than them from behind. The big thing about it is who puts them behind. How many times have we seen that happen? It's, it's, it's such a. It was only to Gen Z, the team that was beating those guys. <laughs> There's really just nothing BDD brings to the table that they don't like. BDD he is plays, just if he's put in an unfavorable, unfavorable position where he's put behind, he can play from that. From I what I've seen, I, I don't Chobi, think that Chovy and because we saw last year Chovy when when he when he was put behind, he, he just wasn't that great. He cannot play from behind though. He definitely can play from behind. He's just rarely in that situation. I think the big thing about it is specific picks in the mid game are so volatile because mid game is the. Mid lane is the most volatile of all the region uh, out of all the lanes. If you lose that lane, you're forced to not CS because of how much the, the, the amount of DPS and the amount of instantaneous damage somebody can dish out is the highest in mid lane because there's a lot more mages there, there's a lot more control, diverse mm-hmm. mages. The other the other roles, like Fiora is like a very high damage, but she doesn't insta kill you. It's a, it's a very it's a gradual thing. You continually lose your health bar 
while she doesn't do it like she literally loses no hp because she just heals all of it like like it's it's it's, it's a bruiser-esque kind of difference between a mid lane and that's why it kind of looks hard for somebody to like no one in a specific matchup like if you're playing oriana and you get dumpstered by leblanc you you can't all you can do is sit in lane and see us, and you'll have an impact. In the but game. that's all they do, though. Like, if you're only giving Chovy that, I, it's hard to say. Like, is he the? Is he's a really strong player? But is he a complete player where he can obviously play from a certain position he's not been at? Because that's going to show you an overall really good player. Can, that's I why I have knight. That's why I have knight over him. I feel like knight can play from behind, and he can be the overall better complete player. I mean, I, I don't agree with that. Again, Chovy showed in specifically inside of the finals that he was able to play from behind. He was put in a lot of unfavorable situations because his team was all around collapsing around him, and he still made very large amounts of aggressive plays to try and bring them back into it. The problem is that his team was just wasn't able to uh, kind of capitalize with him. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like I don't think I see a world where Chovy is not considerably – better than AD, I mean, BDD in every single situation. And so I would mm-hmm. even, if Showmaker, the same credit, like Showmaker is substantially better. Like maybe he's not oh, as behind, yeah. but he's never been behind. Let's move towards Damwon since we're already talking about them. So the players for Damwon should be in literally pretty much everyone's top five if you're making a list. Showmaker, Naguri, Canyon, Ghost, and Barrel. These guys are being looked at as some of the best players in the world. A lot of people are having Damwon to obviously win the event. I mean, who? I don't know. Let's see how this works out. So, in the world of best of ones, is it crazy they get knocked out of group stage? This might be one of the biggest chokes we've ever seen. No, because they have to face Rogue and, and potentially a wildcard team. Probably not going to happen. I mean, but, if it did happen, it would be the biggest choke of all time. Because... Oh, even yeah, because it 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 would be bigger than, than the uh, Gen G choke because Gen G were not that good coming into. Um, I mean, there, yeah. there was there was a bounce back from Gen G, but they were considerably worse than their counterparts. If Damwon don't make it out of the group, oh my god, I, I, man, that'd be crazy. But in, in terms of just that's a hypothetical, but there's also kind of a hypothetical list in where, where we're kind of tracking the players and teams. I think that Naguri, he is good. But he does have flaws, or in terms of he only knows how to play forward, doesn't really ever pay attention to what happens around the map consistently for me, but I could see why he does it. Now, last year he had the problem with kleptomancy, then later on he became a much more solid player around. I think that Naguri and Showmaker are a great topside duo. I think that Showmaker and Canyon are a great topside duo. I think that Ghost and Barrel perfectly fit this team. They don't give Ghost really any resources, but when they do, he makes the most out of it. You can see him take over games when it's needed to in team fights when they're playing around him. I think that Showmaker consistently is always ahead. So you're factoring in. You have a team who can play. They Their thing before was that they were never able to play from behind. They were only aggressive, and they all were doing completely different things. Most of those issues are fixed. They're not playing together more consistently. They're, not a, they're making more better decisions around the map, and their aggression is still there. It's just a lot more better than what you guys saw in last year's form, and that's the reason why they were able to get to the top. Also, it wasn't because of the meta. They've always played this way. They've literally always played this way. I think my assessment of Damwon, first of all, I, I don't know why you keep saying though The one that gets the most resources in this entire game is always going to be Ghost. 
They funnel resources into ghosts because the other ones don't need to generate. They can generate their own resources. The rest of the, the map resources and all this stuff are funneled into ghosts because that is their fallback plan because they're able to team fight because he's a good ADC. In terms of that, he's just not great on – he's not a good laner and he's not no, – he's, he's an above average ADC and that's pretty much what he strives at. And he's able to dish a significant amount of damage because the rest of them generate so much pressure that they can't focus on the ADC and that gives him a lot of leeway. The big thing about it, I think the big difference that I have with uh, Damon is the reason that Naguri and his playstyle are perfect because if the, the, the pressure he generates around the top side forces that like forces the enemy team to have to respond to him, but the problem is that Damon is always is always on the aggressive tenant, like they're always on aggressive playmaking, all like situations and all that stuff. If you look at all of their games in in the finals and all that stuff, they're always looking for like plays inside the enemy jungle, not inside of the, the river or anything like that. They always look for picks by pre pre predicting where they thought the enemy jungle would be, try to make plays happen around the map. And because they do this so consistently and so often in the early game, there's nothing you can do about Naguri. Like he, you, you have to leave the top laner alone on an island. And because he's not alone on an island, Naguri's going to dumpster everybody. Like even Zoom, I think on, on a good day from Naguri, I think Naguri's probably going to win that lane. I think that a lot of people like to give Zoom credit, and I think he's a good player. But I think it's really, really going to be a big problem for like Zoom is the fact that I don't think he's played about against anybody besides the Shy. But the Shy has not been that good this year. The Shy has not been as good as Naguri this year. I think that's without a doubt. The Shy is an incredibly good player, and he generates a lot of pressure. But he's uh -huh. somebody that, like the, the IG doesn't generate the pressure that Damon does. Generate does they don't generate it around the map as as consistently as Damon does. Like, and that's why you can't, if you respond to Naguri, you're letting the rest of the map fall apart because Naguri is only pushing up when the end, like they're, they're, the, the opposite side of the map is doing something to where they're not able to do something. And that's why he's looked a lot better this year is because he's been allowed to be on this island because there's nothing they can do about it. Like again, Damon's early game aggressive tendencies have shifted the place. the bathroom real quick. Just keep talking. Yeah, you're good. Like, the fastest team in the world right now is Damwon, and I think that, like, again, I don't want to give Unicorns of Love the same, like, what's it called? I don't want to give them the same leeway because, again, like, there's only two teams that could even lose, like, two teams that even competed with each other. Like, Gambit Gaming literally lost to nobody but Unicorns of Love, and it's really, like, I don't like to give them the credit because, like, again, we've seen this specific roster, for the most part, like, do what they did. But like at MSI and not really, they almost took out. They almost took out Splice, but at the end of the day, they could not stop him. Like this, uh, what's it called? It was Fong Hu, no, not Fong Hu, Buffalo, uh, Vegas Squadron. Like I think I have a lot of hope for, like, um, Damon. I really do think that their specific style of play is not able to be matched by anybody. I honestly, I do think they're the best team in the world. I think that. Naguri and the rest of the map, like constantly being on aggressive plays. Like again, they have the fastest gate play style, like, what's it called? But significantly less kills and deaths inside their games in comparison to mm -hmm. like, uh that of like the the, the, the Chinese teams. Well, that's because the Chinese teams naturally fight more though. No, it's because they don't extend the games as much, so there's not able to be like when they get a lead, they close it out. The Chinese teams don't do that as they, they they allow situations where the enemy team be are, created where the enemy team can come back. Yeah, that's the top esports is a mindless, aggressive, mechanical team, and honestly, that might be a counter counter matchup to Damwon because I think like, that's going to be their biggest counter matchup actually. Yeah, I think because 
There's so much mechanics. They have players to match it, other than basically just the support position. No, I'm just saying, like, they're not going to be... They, we're, not, we're not top, specifically because they're not in that group, but it's JDG. I don't care about so, that. I'm, I'm talking about teams that are going to match up well against them mostly. Okay. In the world, because they were, they were world's contender. Mm-hmm. Like, top is able to match up against them purely because of the, like, the, the mechanics that they're able to produce and the, the, the overall individual, like, prowess of their entire team. But uh, at the same time... They don't. They're not going to get as many options, in my opinion, to get back into the game in comparison to the rest of the regions because Damwon is good at closing out with leads. That when they get a lead, they're able to like snuff out any hope. And the reason there's not so many kills in a game that is so fast is because no one knows how to react to them in time. And I think that's going to be a big problem for any region. Like I don't think I see a world where JDG can stifle the pressure that they generate because. Like, honestly, Chove... I mean, not well, Chove. I think they can, because they were able to take on top esports consistently and take them down in spring and almost beat them again the big in thing the summer. About esports is the fact that they're a bunch of... Again, the top esports gets the lead. They essentially just kind of rotate around the map, continually playing at... like. They're, they're, there's not a lot of macro play in between them. They're, they're just so mm-hmm. good at playing that teams can't come back. And that's how top esports works. The JDG is the exact opposite. Like they're really good players, but they have really good macro. But there's a lot of weaknesses in t- comparison to how they handle aggression and whether or not if you're not good enough at at mechanically, you can't stop them even if you're aggressive. And that's the big problem here. Like, like JDG is not going to be able to stifle what I think that Damon is going to be able to produce because again, once they get behind on Damon, I don't think they're going to have as easy as a time continually farming back up like they do with like uh, top esports because top esports leaves positions where they, they, they again, they allow the enemy team to engage on top, on top of them. They, they sometimes are, or like are reacting to what the enemy team is doing, even though they're significantly ahead. Like, again, you have to force plays like that, but mm-hmm. usually snuffing out those types of things is something you want. To my do. thing, my thing from watching top all year was that when I would watch them consistently in the playoffs, they would do more different things than they would, than they would normally do in the regular split. So, like, if a team like JDG can control their – see, a team like JDG, counter matchup, can control their play style. Because, remember, in the spring split for the LPL 2020 spring split, we had um, the JDG support, whoever it was at the time, playing Bard, and he was roaming, roaming around the map, completely like, stabilizing Top's aggression. Top's aggression comes from Knight and comes from Karsa. Now, if those two are in sync and on point with their champions in any given game, I think it's their shot to win. Now, as we're going to move into China and talking about the other other, other teams from China coming into the, uh, the 2020 World Championship, you have JDG, top, and then you also have Suning. Now, people are probably going to be like, well, why aren't you mentioning LGD? I only want to mention specific players from LGD, so might as well just start there. Xie and Lang X, and which team is Kramer on? Sorry, guys. I sometimes get, get these names right. They're on LGD. Kramer's on LGD. Okay, yeah. So Kramer, Chie, Pina, Lang X, and who else was on? Who's the support? I forgot the support. His name is... What's uh, was it Mark or Kilua? Mark is the starter. Okay, so my thing with LGD is that Pina is super inconsistent. That's just... The player he is. She a... Hold on. You have to talk. That is loud. Okay, so the big thing about LGD is the fact that, they, again, they, they, they're similar to the top teams in L, like the, the LPL, 
They are a hyper-aggressive early game-centric team, and they have, again, the reason that they're succeeding so much is because Peanut has been able to kind of play his playstyle that he had before because that's just kind of how China functions as a whole. And the reason they're able to get get away with this is because the sing, single most dominant bot lane laning wise inside of all the LPL is on the, is is uh wait no, not on all the LPL sorry this most consistent like one of the more consistent bot lanes sorry I mixed up JDG's most aggressive one of the one of the better bot lanes inside of the um, LGD it's it's essentially a, a budget version of what Ghost and uh, Burial do on Damon in my opinion. I think that's the big thing about... But if their thing is just, like, they have a, a really strong bot lane... They don't have they strong could... bot lane. I mixed it up. I, that, 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 I just... Well, no, like, I, I, I think Loken and Lamal are strong bot lane. The issue... We're talking no, about... No, but... Right? Even, even, like, this is just for the multi-LPL teams. They have good bot lanes, but there's parts of their bot lanes you can exploit. And going back to LGD, you have Mark and Kramer. I think Kramer's good. I don't think Mark is that good. I think Peanut's inconsistent. It's probably the better one out of the two. Kramer's been playing really well recently, but Mark has just genuinely been one of the more integral parts to their early game aggressive play styles because he's a kind of a roaming tendency kind of ADC, like support. And the reason that it's supported by this team is because not only does Lang X usually win his game on lanes and on top of the fact Peanut usually, Peanut usually applies the pressure needed for a support to be able to roam around the map, like GA has mm-hmm. been, GA has been had a had a really good lane. I'm an year this year, so I've been having- X, I think Lang X is not a bad top laner. I think he can generate his own leads. I think he knows how to control waves. I think he knows how to play aggressive when it needs to be. He also gets his own leads consistently enough where they're gonna have a pretty good top laner. Now the issue here with the team is what everybody needs to understand is that Peanut is gonna be a defining factor if they even get out of their group. Because people are just going to automatically probably put LGD or Gen G in first place if they make it into Group C. If LGD come out of the playoffs, uh, well, not the playoffs, uh, the playing stage on top. So that's kind of where I was alluding to with that. Now, moving on to uh, the best players from the other squads, because this is pretty much all the best players. So he's been wanting to get to this player. Let's start with Suning, because I think they only really, they have some good players here. SOFM, Angel, Huanfeng, Sword Art. So pretty much everyone except for Bin, right? Everybody except for Bin? I mean, what do you mean? In terms of if this team is going to succeed, you'll see it from these players. I, I want to point out the, the, the big thing about Bin is the fact that he is just mindless, aggressive, aggressive mechanic. Like you see a lot of the early game success, I mean, the early year success from Sooning. But the early early split success from Sooning came off the back of Bin generating so much pressure off of solo killing everybody in the top lane that you'd see a lot of success. Like you you'd see a lot of things that were able to be happening around the map. And I don't th- I actually think he might be the best. He not even might. I think he is probably the best mechanical top laner in this entire group. I think with that that's my opinion without a doubt. Like I don't think mm-hmm. anybody messes up to him that well. I think the big thing about it. Is the he's really stupid and that's able to be taken advantage of because he he'll walk mindlessly or like brainlessly into the enemy jungle without actually thinking about whether or not where they're going to be at, and that's not something you really want to see out of a Chinese team. Even though mindless aggression is their thing, I think he's a little more than usual the mindless aspect of it. But again, the big thing about this team is how centralized around objectives they are. They really will force a fight if you try and contest them. And they're always looking, they're always going to be the first one there. There's not any other team that really has the same mindset when it comes down to 
But the thing with SOFM is that people underestimate it. He's really good at objective-based things. This guy knows when to get there first. He knows how to uh, he knows how to capitalize on getting the objectives to push them to where his team needs to go. So, but the problem with SOFM, from what I've seen, is that he doesn't really exactly put all his resources he can into the correct person. I think he struggles with that. Some games, Angel is ahead, but you see him more helping Ben. Then it's vice versa. Then Juan Feng is left on an island. Then you also have Sword Art making a lot of aggressive plays. He does stay lane a lot more now, which is a good thing. But I think that for Suning, they are most likely the dark horse. If you're talking about for China, this is a dark horse team. Or even maybe for the whole event. I mean, a lot of people are really sleeping on the team. There's you don't really know what to expect from them. I, I, I don't. I could be like, well, SOFM could choke at his first world championship ever. A, a lot of players do choke at their first world championship. A, a lot of players do. A lot a lot of hot players play badly and you come back next year, you do a whole lot better. Uh but that's not gonna be his thing, or even all the other Chinese players, because well, they're just playing at home. So it's, you're not gonna have that essentially. And if you do, you're only choking from the pressure of worlds. Now it's hard to really Angel, if you wanted to talk about Angel, Angel is basically just like caps, but a little it's hard to say better, even it's really it it, it could really just go either way with that, honestly. I, agree. I think Caps is significantly worse than Angel. I think it's, it's I, I guess you, you could basically call it Angel a version of Caps for the LPL for this event. I, I think I, I honestly again, Western Midlaners are, are are usually inherently worse than their counterparts, and that's just unfortunate. But I think that's going to be the case for a, for a few more years to come. I'd like to see a, a world where we're able to compete like mechanically with a lot of those things. But Angel is significantly, in my opinion, one of the best mid laners in the world. And I think he's been really underappreciated. Because, I mean, specifically in the Western scene, I think the Chinese people give him his due. But like, mm-hmm. there's not been a lot of people who've really, really shown that they really appreciate the, the level at which he, uh, like he like the level of play that he brings on like he's he's a very good player he's a really good player he's he's one of the better like he has one of the better uh like again control mages out of in like in the entire world that's just like he's he's a specific play style that a lot of people can't keep up with because <laughs> i remember people know it's a fan from like uh snake and lng they're like well why did he take flandre because you weren't going to get to Worlds with Flandre. Sorry. I do agree gonna... with that. Flandre could have made it. I hate you for saying that. <laughs> Over Ben? Ben's way better. I mean, maybe. Ben is not as good on Flandre's tanks. Flandre's only good at, like... Flandre's only really seen... good at everything. And he's, he he's excels just... at certain things. I don't think he's so. A, I think he's one he's of the more... He's a solid player. He's a solid he's player. Really he's solid. He, in his prime, he's probably one of the best top laners in the world. And that's just, I just this think that a, next five years, we're going to see Flandre at Worlds. <laughs> you see Flandre at Worlds, I'm going to be saying the same stuff. I think he's one of the most underappreciated top laners that's existed. He's really struggled this year, but I think it's come down to the fact that there really was no hope for LNG this year. Like, there's nothing going for them. Nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I think esports as a whole, as in their entire organization, has been terrible. They've really not made significant efforts to make their team succeed. And I think that's something that I feel sorry for. Um, him for i think that he really did waste a lot of his prime on a team that really didn't make the efforts required to make his team succeed i mean all around mm. i think that as how, well, is, what's for up? this team how far do you even see them going because like if they let, let, let's just say how hypothetically 
they have a few bad days of groups where they barely squeak into second place to make it out of the group stage, right? So you're factoring in if they're in second place because you want that first seed because that's where you get the easy, you know, matches early on where, that we're going to obviously, you know, ridicule later on if you have easy matches. But if Suning gets second place in the group, if G2 possibly upset them, do you upset? see them? T- if, if, if G2 gets first place and let's say you see Suning get second, do you see Suning taking out anybody else? If the second place, I think that during the regular season, out of all of the top teams, I think Suning actually played better than top and GDG for most of the year. I think at which point so most of the year, like literally throughout most of the the entirety of the split, they played better. And I think when it comes down to the playoffs, obviously Suning top and GDG came online, but at the same, like you can you can acknowledge the fact that there are significant. Like JDG and Top don't play at the level at which they can play at mo- throughout the entirety of the year. It's not like they weren't trying. Oh my god, <laughs> it's not like they weren't trying. It's the fact that they genuinely like st- they had to step it up towards halfway through the season. I think that's been a big thing for them. They really they really don't have the the highest potential. They don't play at the highest potential that they always can. Like again, and I, on their best day. Suning can't beat either one of them, but I think on a consistent day, and if they're not playing their best, and I think that with a few kind of mistakes on the those two teams, they could beat either one of them. They've done it. So you're they, saying is that Suning is better than most pe- people below them, but not better than the people that are better than them? They, they. I mean, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm saying they play at a consistent basis that not every, like no team in the world can consistently play better than what Suning is able to dish out. You no, have to be SOFM can dish out. It's different. The entire team is good. The entire team is solid. I mean, I, again, Huang Feng is one of the most promising ADCs coming out of this season. Like, again, Sword Art's been a really good – he's probably one of the worst players on this team, but he's still been a very significant part of this team. I think all around – He's actually – well, one of the reasons why they got better, oh, like when he's able – the certain things he does, he's able to open up certain ways for the players to actually make impacts on the map. Maybe. But, I, mean, I think that the big problem I have with SOFM – I mean, this team right now – is the fact that the, the 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 style that China has proven to succeed over and over again, they don't play. They don't play that style. And whether or not that's good that they play unique style, we'll see. Maybe they'd be better if they played more aggressive in the early game. But I, I just I, I don't I don't tend to see this being something that I think succeeds on the international stage. And I don't think they're as as talented as Top and JDG. Like that's mm-hmm. just a fact. But at the same time, there is still. There's still a lot of pressure that these t- that, that that they can dish out. Like they, they they definitely have a unique play style that if you're not completely on top of them, they will take over the game with it. And that's pretty that's much it. Pretty much it for Suning. And the last two teams, we did pretty much touch on them. You're gonna have JDG and Top Esports. So my thing with JDG is a lot of people are giving them a lot of more. How would I say this? A lot of people are going off the finals and a, of both splits for the uh, LPL 2020 spring and summer. But a lot of people, what happened? A comment: Suning ceiling could be anybody except for Tom. Oh, what's up, Henry? Okay, Suning I mean, ceiling could be anyone except for Top, in my opinion. I mean, if we're I on ceiling, IG ceiling would definitely overtake theirs, but. I, it, I the would. big thing about it is I don't think their top their 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 ceiling is actually higher than Damwon's either. I think that the, the the play style specifically that they play is not inherently a dominant one. What well, is dominant in some some aspects, but it's not to the point where they are able to close out effectively on a game. 
like as because the they're they're a macro sensed early game comp I mean, team that tries to take over the game around like with with vision control and all that stuff and that's something that is not is is like if this was season if this was like season five I think this would be the best team come out of China I think they are such a inherently smart team and they're mm-hmm. they with the the what what Bin brings to the table I think they could deal a lot of damage in most most metas like but. With with Huangfeng being one of the better ADCs and being on a supportive kind of play style, like again, like again, obviously that's the meta for right now. But they they did definitely don't focus on something that a lot of teams tend to focus on. So I think maybe them getting them getting ganked a lot in the bot lane is something they're gonna have to deal with a lot. Even though he's he's definitely like it's not like Suning is is kind of it's a foreign concept to them. Obviously they've they've like a lot of teams have taken advantage of their lack of uh, attention bot lane, but. I don't know if they have the highest ceiling. I think that consistent, like they, they just don't have the individual players. Like Ben is great, but Ben is not the most mechanically. He's not the most mechanically gifted top laner coming out of China. Like again, there's there's Zoom and all like a few other. Like I think he's my be- thing is that if you're comparing them to the other better teams, so JDG, I think a lot of people are kind of underestimating what glaring weaknesses they actually have. So, like most people are just gonna only focus on the end result of the uh, 2020 spring split, the 2020 summer split. Now, at the beginning of summer for the split for the LPL, they struggled a lot. They struggled really bad. Watching their games was like, this is not even the same team. What am I watching? This is all, people forget, this is the same team that had the fastest game in LPL hit league. No, one of the fastest at some point. And they also had one of the slowest games in the LPL ever with FPX. These guys can play slow. And I think that... If you're coming for JDG and a lot of people are going to be super hyped for them, I'm kind of hyped to see how strong they are coming into the World Championship. I think they're definitely a strong team. But my issue with them is that they have a strong uh, bot side that don't really know how to play outside of lane. You have Yigao and Kanavi who are pretty good, pretty good duo in my personal opinion. But Kanavi thrives on specific picks like Nidalee, Lee Sin. Everything else is kind of good, but not to that level that most people would expect for a player like of his caliber that you're obviously making everything around him. Like he gets everything dictated around him and all the draft resources that get spread out to the team go through Kanavi. Kanavi has shown that he doesn't really know where to put certain things at where they need to go. Like it was in the um, top series they had. I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, like the game five. Oh my God. This he was, he was playing bad. But that's my thing with AJDG is that they can play bad. But people aren't really looking at the gameplay overall. They're looking at, oh, yeah, they finished second, so, so they must be the second best team. Probably, most likely, but you can clearly see they're beatable. Like, the LPL teams are strong. I'm not saying they are weak. I'm saying that these guys are beatable. And we might as well go to top esports after this. But the players for uh, JDG to look at are going to be uh, Kanavi, Zoom, and you also have, uh, what, Yigao. You have Love Mal. I would put Loki over him, honestly, for me. But I think that you could go either or with the two. Love Mal really struggles if he's not on, like, Nautilus. He doesn't really – He does. he's so bad at certain supports. It is an eyesore. I saw this guy play Bard. Guys, this guy uh, ran it down. Uh, <laughs> this guy ran I, it I, I so hard. You're, you're talking about the most lane-dominant top bot lane in the league. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're not good. But they're not good. Like, they're, they're limited. They're limited in what they're able to provide for the team. That's I the reason why Tops bot lane is better than them. 
that's not true. I mean, bot, the top bot lane was one of the main reasons as to why they were almost like again. I do think they're inherently moderately like again. So support wise, I think that uh, top actually loses that matchup. But like inherently, just look, look at it. The way it works for this team is the fact that their bot lane is almost always winning the lanes. They almost always get the. You can't the always count on that though. Almost always winning. It doesn't happen all the time though. They never lose. Is the thing. So at you're saying, least, at worst, if they don't lose lane, they go even. No, they're always winning in some aspect. I mean, I, they just in they're they're in like they're CS differential and all this stuff in one of the most mechanically like gifted roles in China. They are almost they're in, like, essentially up CS in every single matchup against every single region. Like they they're uh -huh. able to take advantage of in the inexperienced of. Uh, Yu, Yu Yanji, who's probably one of the, probably the worst support coming through this tournament. I think he has a lot of good potential, but a, as it stands, I think this recency, I think he's not been playing as well as most of the supports coming out of China. I mean, I think I think the the bot lane is one of the most impactful points of JDG because it stifles a lot of aggression coming out of the enemy teams because they are they are essentially generating so much in the bot lane during the laning phase that the rest of the teams are able to scale. And Loken is incredibly good at playing team fights. He's really a good all-around ADC, and he's able to generate the DPS needed while also generating the uh, the like the the attention. Like the, the, you have to respond to the bot lane. If you don't, your bot lane is going to get put behind. But Yagal also can be exploited too. I've seen games where Yagal's gotten blown out, Yigao just completely JDG. blown out. Uh, Yagal is you. You talking about Love Mount? I'm talking about Yagal on JDG. I've seen games where he's gotten completely Yigao blown out. Uh, top esports man, you're talking about JD top esports has night. Oh, you're talking about I, th I thought you were talking about Yanji for some reason. Yeah. About, yeah, yeah I, about I've seen I've seen games where I've seen Yagao get blown out completely. I, I think he's also very strong, but I think he's not like this immovable object a lot of people are making him out to be. I, I, I don't agree with that completely. I think he's he's inherently he struggles old. on a lot of things. I, I don't like he doesn't struggle to a significant amount where I think that again the teams that the, the teams that can take advantage of that are all of the Korean teams fair enough because mm -hmm. they're all really good. they're all better than him. He's probably worse than BDD if we're being honest here. I think BDD's really better. Good, yeah. I think I, BDD's I, better than Yigal. Yigal, I don't think he that isn't the is, most mechanically gifted Chinese mid laner I've seen. Mechanically gifted Chinese mid-laner. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he is. I think he's strong at other things, but I think his mechanics aren't bad overall. I think if you want to beat JDG, on popular opinion, I think you attack the mid-laner. I think you attack Yigao. I, mean, I haven't, I haven't really seen this guy. Like, he's not bad. He's, he's not bad. I've just, I can see a world at which where teams in this group destroy him on specific picks. He thrives on a lot of stuff. Like, I forgot the uh, players they have in the group. Oh, tell, me, tell me who you think you could take advantage Showmaker, of. In the Larson. West. Showmaker and Larson definitely can. Get by him because Larson, you really think? Larson is worse than Yigao, yes. They're about. Larson, they're not about equal. I don't think you're really giving credit to Yigao at this point. Now, like, I, I understand he's probably the single, maybe the worst, because it's between, him and G.A. are moderately okay, in, in like, similar in, in potential. So there's a but, world you can see Larson beating him. In a very, very weird world, yes. I don't think Larson is good. I think he's also not as good as you're making him out to be. Larson is an incredibly good player. Yigao is a good player also. I think that there is a world where anybody can beat anybody, yes. But I think that most of the time we're going to see Yigao being the better player because he's like just 
all around a better player in general. Like you get like in a world full like in the East where it's full of superstar mid laners, he does look bad in comparison because all three of the Chinese mid laners are better, and maybe even all the rest of the other three Chinese mid laners are better too. But that's just because they're world class mid laners, every single one of them, and that just makes him look bad in comparison. I don't think he's a bad mid laner. I think really you can attack a lot of things on this team. I think you have to attack like you you either. Take the initiative and attack the bot lane so they, their pressure is stifled in the like, early game. Or you do attack the mid lane, maybe, but it's just it's it's not a meta where you attack mid lane. I don't think the meta is suited for mid lane ganks right now. I just don't think that's inherently how it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, 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 like, I'm, I'm willing to see a world like it has worked before. It's not something that's never worked in the season, but it's not something you can consistently rely on right now. Because, like again, most of the objectives are, are in the bot side right now. And if JDG is able to generate the pressure in the bot lane, even with a, a head mid laner. I don't think you win the matchup because there's a significant gap in gold. I I think um, if it gets to late game, I favor Yagao in a lot of the situations. JDG have the best late game out of any Chinese team coming into the event too. I mean, I, I, I agree with that 100. He's he's really good at laning and all that stuff, and that's something I don't think a lot of the the other people can take advantage of. Like, but at the same time, like. He's he's inherently worse than the rest of his his counterparts in what they I generate. watched. I remember literally going to like going to sleep. Well, I'm not going to sleep. So when I'm about usually for the Korean Chinese games, I'm about to head to work. When I usually wake up and install JDG games, this guy was getting blown out. Like like actually getting blown out. Like I, that's what I'm trying to tell you. He's not he's not like faker. He's not like rookie. He's not like Bjergsen. He's not like Caps. He's way better than Caps. You were really, you really disrespecting him at this point. Like, I don't like that. He is an inc- neither. None of those people lane as well as he does. Like, I think I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say he's way better. Like again, Bjergsen on like a TF could probably be more, more influential influential than him, and so could like Caps on a specific few picks. But laning wise, I don't think any of these players beat him. Like, he's incredibly good in a lot of things. I could only he's- see it in this group because he's gonna have Showmaker and Larson. Showmaker is gonna beat him. Showmaker is the better player than him. I agree with that. Showmaker is going to go expose his weaknesses really bad. Showmaker is a good laner. Like, Larson is going to go. I if Larson does to get dumpstered, at worst Larson will go even with him. You really, you really I, think that he's worse than Larson? Mm-mm. I said at worst he's going even. I, maybe. I mean, I can I, again. There, there are the EU, mid, the, the EU mid laners aren't bad. Yeah, but how many times have you seen the EU mid laners just completely beat one of the the opposing? They Eastern only beat the Chinese mid laners if they're equal to their level. So someone like uh, someone like Scout Jensen was able to handle Scout, something no, like that. Was, literally, Jensen. Sebabin was able to handle uh, the EDG mid laner way back then. Oh, I forgot his name. Pawn. Remember? Pawn was in terrible shape back then. Remember, he had a gigantic. I mean, injury. but like. I, I, I mean, think you just said Scout and Scout like literally manhandled Rook or uh, Ryu. Ryu was able to hold Ryu. off Pawn in the, in the next year. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I'm just saying. So no, like the EU players I'm thinking I'm talking about are the EU players that are stable, good control mage players who can hold back the good control mage players in the LPL. But they can't I, beat the mechanical prowess LPL mid laners. Like rookie. I don't think they can beat any of them in laning phase. I think the, again the thing that. It, it's not individual talent that makes EU good, and that's the thing that people kind of strive for. They think since EU is succeeding, it's all paced off, like, just straight-up individual class, like individual outclassing in terms of just players. And, like, 
even even with G, I mean, G2 doing a, really well in a lot of laning phases, they weren't like again. It's not like they've never outclassed their mid laners. Like we we saw mm-hmm. um, Dam one years ago in a free kill with all that stuff having worse mid laners. Like it's it's not something unheard of where a mid laner out of the Eastern scene is worse. But I think this year specifically, I don't think there is a worse mid lane than them. Like all around, I think that the the, the West just doesn't. Again, they, they don't usually generate that good of players in comparison because, again, it's just I don't know what it is about it, but like maybe it's the player base difference. But usually, mechanically, there is a big difference between every single one of the mid laners coming out of that role. I mean, out of that region. But, but guys, I wasn't trying to harp on Yigao. You can clearly see points to exploit him, and I think that a competent mid laner can do that. I think exp- no, I don't think any of them. in like besides Showmaker, again, Showmaker is not going to dumpster him. Showmaker is just a better player than him, but. Again, at the end of the day, the reason that I think it's not going to happen is because no one is going to gank mid. No one's going to do it because ganking mid is just idiotic right now. Mm-hmm. Ganking mid is not good. Ganking mid's not going to happen as consistently as you're making it out to be because no one's going to do it. No one. I now, doing that. Time to go to top esports. So considerably, top esports is the last thing we talk about, guys. We've run over pretty much every single team in their best players, the best teams respectively. Uh, in a best teams lull. Uh, top esports. Now, it's hard to say. Everybody is just making this team out to be some impenetrable god. Well, I actually think Damwon's better. I think Damwon has the better shot at winning the whole event. For me personally. Uh, t- let's see. Top is interesting because uh, 369, Karsa, Knight, Jackie Love, and Nianji. So, the bot lane. The bot lane specifically is something you might want to be able to tackle. Because when Jackie Love was on IG, other teams were able to focus on Jackie Love and his bot lane partner. And they were able to effectively create leads, dive them consistently, and was able to create massive leads from diving the bot lane and beating Jackie Love and his bot lane partner. Now, he's kind of been pretty solid overall on top. I think he's been really good, actually. Yuyanji is a player I'm pretty like, oh, like if they're if they lose games, it's gonna be I either because he does a stupid mistake or he's just on up to par. Yeah. Knight I is agree. Knight is considerably the one of the best players in the world. I mean you, yeah, I you, you I, I either Timber Showmake you you're having at number one, which is fine. Knight, I think that Knight, if you want to make an argument against him, it would be that you wouldn't want to punish his over aggressive tendencies. Those things you could punish, in my own personal opinion. But it depends on how good that team can can overpunish those overaggressive tendencies. I, don't I think know. he plays he plays team fights really well. He flanks really well. He does everything correct. I Honestly, just think that like what is it about aggressive tendencies that you see that could be punished? Because he, he really I don't see a world where like no when one's you're not playing him. when you're when you have no. I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's these are all hypotheticals essentially. So if you're punishing overaggressive tendencies you're factoring in your bank you will literally know from players player instagrams he's going to always go for the aggressive play no matter what so he's not going to really considerably take time to worry about where the jungler is at he's not warding essentially at the correct times where he's not realizing where the enemy jungler is at so i think that if they're playing off what they could see knight doing they could get a lead but i mean i don't see it but, that, but that's a way I can see them exploiting top esports. I mean, now, you, you, no one's going to be able to. I promise you, there's not going to be a single team. If there's a game where they destroy this guy for being over aggressive, that's going to be hilarious. But you know what? There's a reason it's never happened because yeah. no one. It's actually never done. happened, even the LPL. So it's just it's just not a thing that can happen. I, I, I you can punish anybody on a bad day, but unlike Damwon, had a week. 
the thing about it is Damwon doesn't fuck oh, hi, doesn't How you doing? Laning phases because of the fact that they're one of the most aggressive roaming around the maps kind of team. They have the, the highest, the highest, I mean the, the fastest um game speed in comparison to China while also having less kills and deaths because they don't allow too many options for enemy teams to come back. Macro wise, top is complete I, I think top is outclassed by Damwon, but again, they have so much individual individual talent. We'll see if that actually matters. Because top does have a lot of really good players. I mean, we saw like a really big team they struggled with was uh JDG, who I, I think inherently has a worse who I has think they have, I think they have a counterplay style. Yeah, I mean that, JDG's big reason as to why they're able to do it is because they have such good macro, but I think inherently Damwon has better macro on top of the fact that they have better better early game aggression. Like I think that like the the, the reason that Top is so good aggret like early game is because they have really good laners and Karsa is able to generate a lot of pressure through ganks. They don't focus centralized around ganks. A lot of the pressure that Damwon makes is a lot of forced skirmishes in the enemy side jungle and all that stuff. I, I honestly think they, they probably are the best team in the world by a significant amount, but we're going to have to see if that's actually the case because, like, again, it doesn't matter about, in this meta specifically, I think mechanics and, and like, talent is really what matters more than anything, and I, JTG is the best map. I really, I really don't know about that. I think they are the best macro team in China by far. Well, hold on. I remember this. I, I in the first game of the LPL... Uh, no. In one of the games earlier on during the uh, LPL 2020 uh, Spring Split Finals, Unite did play over aggressive and they did punish him for it. He's done certain things in team fights where you can punish him for it. Okay, you, you're talking specifically about laning phase and all that stuff. Like, again, no, no, I'm, you, talking, I'm, I'm, I'm talking specifically in team fights. A mistake, they didn't punish it. If you make mistakes while playing at the level at which he does, you're going to get punished inherently. Like, he, he is a player that when he's playing to his top standard, you can't punish it because he's just better than you. And you like the reason they're able so you're to saying there's absolutely no way to stop this guy. He's got no weaknesses. I don't think he really does. Like, honestly, I think that the only weaknesses that anybody has is being outclassed by somebody else. And I don't think there's a player that can do that right now. Like all around. The, I think that JDG is a really good team. I think the macro wise, they're the best in China. I don't think it's better. I don't think they close out games as cleanly as, uh, what's it called does as, uh, as Damwon does. Damwon, when they get a lead, mm -hmm. kind of squeeze out the life of the enemy team. And JDG, again, does the same thing for the most part. But they attempt to scale into the late game instead of closing out the game when they get a lead. Which is just something I think requires less macro. There's less macro re required to kind of stifle like enemy play and kind of try and just scale That's, it. Well, that was the reason why I was initially not on... Uh... Well, what was it that the team we were talking about previously? JDG? Because they used... Like, to make sure... Uh, Love Mao really like popped off. I remember, I remember this. They gave him Pantheon, and he went zero and three. Like zero three, zero three like, is fine. I mean, he, I, I'm just saying though, like the thing about Pantheon for, is he's, he, the way he plays, he's gonna put himself in a lot of situations where he's either gonna get a kill or die, and that's how Pantheon works. If you're zero and three, you just didn't do well. I mean, that's just what happens. You lost the team fight, um, the fights, and I think that. You're not going to win every early game fight because Pantheon literally is a stun bot who has a execute damage, and that's what he does in laning phase. I mean, they still dismantled by JDG late game. Too. You know, no, Dragon X is just a worse version of JDG. I agree with that. JDG Dragon X has a better ADC. I think that is something that JDG. I mean, Dragon X does have. They have, in my opinion, probably a better mid laner too, but. 
JDG plays out team fights a lot better than Dragon X does. Dragon X is a front to back. They, they, they do basic front to backs, but JDG sets up team fights quite a bit better than Dragon X. Dragon X might be a bad matchup for them. Uh, we'll see because, like, JDG allowing them to scale into the late game would probably be. I mean, again, Dragon X is also a bad matchup for. I mean, JDG is also a bad matchup for Dragon X inherently because that's just. Like, both of them are allowing them to do their own playstyles, but JDG is significantly better at it so if they play each other. But okay, Dragon so X. From what yeah. I remember, a lot of what Top was doing was they were picking uh actually a late game scaling top laner i remember they gave 369 the fiora in the finals so they were banking on if they don't win early game they're going to put all their eggs into his basket and then you have carsa on graves knight on zoe jackie live on Jin. oh yeah okay i remember this game yeah because they won the first game by out macroing jdg too like top esports i think they have good enough macro so if they get out macro they can pull it back in terms of an even game state situation that's why i'm also that's why i also think people should be really really scared of this team the only real way i can see them losing is if you attack bot lane consistently dive them beat them down destroy them I the agree only that. way i see it the way that you beat jdg i mean i the top esports is through the bot lane who has shown significant weaknesses through Yuyanji and stuff like that. Yuyanji I don't think Jackie Love's weak, but he's also not playing to his IG level either. I think, I think the big problem with Jackie Love is like, how many times are they going to throw this man with subpar support? Like, again, Yuyanji's not terrible, but like, he's always been the weakest point. Oh, yeah, I agree. ADC meta is not going to happen, though, because they literally just nerfed Senna, which is one of the one of the better ADCs right now. Again, I think that Twitch is never going to be good because right now, even right as it stands right now, his best I mean, his best, like, uh, build looks like it's b building Muramana and then scaling up, taking out the Bork, which really even makes him worse until three items. His three item spike is not good until he finishes off the tier, which should be done by then. But if you're behind, it's in, it's it's literally an even worse build because you don't have the, the, attended, like, the added extra steroid that Bork has because it's one of the best finished item power spikes in the game and you don't build that anymore on him which is frustrating but oh three six nine i remember damn. that that dive he did against um zoom oh my god this, this guys this team is amazing this I team mean, is amazing i think in this specific meta death and kira when death isn't injured is still probably one of the best adc support duos like they're they're better than they're better at laning than a lot of them i think that i mean and nah, best bot laner. I don't think Ruler is better than Deft. I think Deft was injured, and that's the best best reason as to why I would say he's better now. But uh, I don't think he's inherent. Like he's he's a better idiot. I I get Abigail. I remember you have a big old crush on Ruler, but at the same time, in like I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that uh, what's his name is better than him. Like I think it's just it comes down to the fact that like mechanically, I think that Deft is better than him, and I think that he probably Ooh, played, like, also. The reason why you're one of the best teams is because a team like Top Auto forces you to ban certain champions or you lose. Zoe, Syndra, Nidalee, Graves. You have to pretty much ban one of those or you're at a disadvantage. If you give Knight Syndra, you that is an auto loss. That should be you should be reported for drafting that shitty. Which is getting hard spammed. Really? I mean, I I think. Again, maybe with the nerfs with Senna, that leaves an opening um, where another ADC could take over. Maybe that's what they're, they're like they're, they're going for. But like, I'd love to see Twitch. Twitch is really fun to watch. He's one of the most like when you're ahead on Twitch, it's just such an impactful ADC to play on. It's not like 
like a ash where you're pretty much just the sun bot because they don't build that hyper carry ash and that's just the most frustrating part of it like i love i love watching twitch and if they if you if you're right on that they're spamming it in the lpl maybe there is some valid valid points to what you're saying i'm really hoping like i'd love to see twitch in the worlds twitch is a fun adc well, I haven't seen, I have, man, we haven't seen twitch since like season man. seven world holy it's, shit and they gank you once you just lost the game for your team by existing and that's the problem with him like if you see senna's boring dude I, I agree with that senna and ash are boring adc i'm tired of this still better than 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 when Siver existed Siver is even more boring but like still like i i want to i want to see like like the meta of lucian like like other ADCs. like Callista's fun to watch sometimes like there's there's fun ADCs out there to watch, but like it's not these two. These two are, are, are like the only the most fun aspect about Ash is the fact that like she's able to ult. Her ult is the most exciting part, and it's like cross map ults. And you're like, wow, this guy did something. And it's like the rest of the team fight is just her being able to kite perfectly because she has a slow built into her kit, which is dumb. Like I think a meta that I'd like to see come back into form is like maybe. I don't know. Like it, 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 the reason that this doesn't exist is because there's too many ways for ADCs to get stifled. So if you don't provide anything other than DPS, you have no use right now. Like uh -huh. that, that, what is pro? What is the this the problematic situation with this? And like even like literally Pantheon can level two all in and kill an ADC instantaneously. And if you don't have a support that can stop that, you, you die. Bad mistake by GDG. They don't ban Syndra. Syndra is 100 ban. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why that happened either. Like that, that's true. Like, why did they not ban Syndra in that that last game? It's idiotic. Like, if you don't ban Syndra against top esports, you are asking to yeah, you should be reported in for, for shitty drafting. That's just terrible. I mean, That's just terrible. Give like, him, don't give him Zoe or Syndra, and you might have a chance of winning. I agree. I mean, I think there's a lot. Like, I think there's a lot of problems when it comes to people thinking they have the answer to something. Like, the, the, the few times that it's worked out with like. Le like Faker's LeBlanc during the 100% against G EDG. Yeah. Most exciting spots, but like, don't rely on that in a last game series against something that's untested unless you really are very convinced this can work. Well, Even it can work in scrims because a lot, of, a lot of players talked about that. So it might work in scrims, but teams play more genuinely conservatively on stage. So it's GD not that, no, it, it's not that your pick is bad. It, it's just that the teams just play differently than they do in scrims. You know, I agree with that. What was JDT doing? Like, they, they uh, yeah, to... oh my god, Abigail, I wanted to blow my brains out. Like, game they five, literally, I... fuck. Game five, I think Yuyanji again made a mistake and made it to where, like, they were able to get like solo killed, and that was like the most impressive, impressive aspect of JDG's game. And the rest of it was just downhill. Like, they were completely like JDG. JDG literally could have been back to back champions of the LPL with their type of play style. It's crazy. Yeah. I think like they were. Oh my god, they were three thousand gold ahead. Game five, seven to three. Like, come on. Like, it, but that's the thing with top esports is that they're very, very strong. I think I don't know why they gave him. Why did they give him Syndra? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> oh god. But um, that's pretty much it for anybody that is gonna watch the live stream afterwards or is watching right now. Just like the like the stream because obviously get, this gets more recommended and then more people get to subscribe to the channel and watch. That's pretty much it. Um, did we tackle everything? Oh, this last thing we could do. I got you. Last thing we could do. Base predictions. Uh, let me mute my mic for a second.
I don't know what base predictions. What am I supposed to take from? What is a base prediction? What does a base prediction mean? Base. What am I predicting? What is Can the base? You ever let me finish a sentence? You did you, you muted yourself. Oh, I know. All right, so. Um, you have uh, Friday's game, so World starts this week on Friday. Now, a lot of these teams you guys aren't going to know. Uh, you have Mad Lions versus INTZ. Uh, was it Talon versus Yon? Legacy versus INTZ. I'm just going to go to the actual page because these names are fucking killing me. Holy shit. Uh, I'm going to the LOL Esports page. Oh, yeah, guys. I plan on getting some of the I icons are going to release. I don't know when the icons will be out, but I'm definitely getting them. I really, I love dating them every year. It's, it's so special because you only get them once a year. And, and which are the ones you get? The ones you have forever because they don't make them anymore. Cool. A good in the late game. I, I mean, I think that in a mobile AD, I mean, assassin control okay. may end with each other is always going to scale. Got you. All right. So right here, you have Worlds 2020. Let's mark off all the regions because they're done. So the first game is Mad Lions versus INTZ, PSG Talon versus Rainbow Seven, Legacy Esports versus INTZ, LGD uh, versus. PSG Talon and Team Liquid versus Mad Lions to end off the day. NA versus EU to end off the first day of the 2020 World Championship. So if we want to make random predictions, do random. you make I'm just saying, do Mad Lions go 2 0 the first yes. day? INTZ and Team Liquid. I don't know enough about INTZ. I assume that's going to be a win for them. But I do think they beat Team Liquid also because they just have such an aggressive play style that Team Liquid's not able to play well against. Like, are we gonna do a top twenty list? I mean, that's up to him. Like that was what this was for. I'm convinced that you can count to twenty, so I'm not sure if he can do we it. Kind of already did it in, in this one. If you missed really it, you... List. we just talked about players. PSG's talent. You all have a chance. My thing about it is, how much does their this? How how significant is Unicorns Unicorns of Love's wins actually like represented? Because they went undefeated, and the only other team that went moderately close to undefeated. They won every single game, and they lost every game. They they only lost games to Unicorns Love. They won every other game. Like there, there's there's an, a significant gap between the first top two teams, and there's an even more significant gap between the first and second team. Like they, they're inherently just better than everybody in their region, and it's really hard for me to scale because again, I I, I didn't watch enough of their games. I really couldn't tell you if I have a very good impression of them because I really I really didn't feel like they, they basically did it. cloud nine their region. They weren't. They, I mean, I guess technically, yeah. But uh, like, yeah, like what? What does it amount to? Like, like PSG apparently, PSG is 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 ranked to get out of the group. Let's let's all point that out. They they are supposed to get out of the group, but it, they they apparently there's a lot of people saying that their Koreans are missing from this tournament. So they have like, subs. They have they have a player from Machi Esports on loan who's gonna play for them. A guy who's actually in the main event is gonna play. With them right now, oh, maybe. I mean, all around, I think the big problem I have with a uh, with a uh, this this tournament right now, or the, the situation that I see with this, is that a lot of the teams that are succeeding are succeeding in in a region that's historically not as good. And I'm I, I don't know how much I can put up. To, like I I need to watch. I, I'm not gonna say I need to. I just never got around to watching a, more than like three of Unicorns of Love's game again. They were inherently dominant, but it didn't seem like a lot of the teams were reacting to a lot of their plays. Like, and it's just really hard for me to judge how good they would do if there's another team kind of making an effort to stop them. They're, they're not, they're mechanically good, obviously, but I mean, how much does that amount to? There has to be coordination between the team. And I honestly, again, 
I will say they would do well against the NA teams. I think they would do well against uh, Team Liquid, but I think they would do pretty poorly against Mad Lions right now. Hmm. So you're saying that Mad Lions are going 2-0 on their first day? I think Mad Lions is a solid team that honestly is inconsistent, but that's really all it is. Like they, they are a really good they have a lot of potential and they can make a really big impact at this world, which a lot of people are underestimating. They have a lot of good players in this team. And Kaiser, if I have a dark horse, if I have a dark horse wildcard team, it's going to be unicorns of love based off what a lot of you guys have been saying. Um, that's pretty, Oh, super massive. Super massive has some solid players that a lot of people would know, but that's pretty much it. Uh, I think we did everything I wanted to tonight. Uh, world starts this week, guys. Also, I have some other world's content I'm going to be bringing out before Friday. Uh, we're going to be recording the C9 fan cast on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Not too sure yet, depending on everybody's schedule. Um, I think we had a pretty good episode this time around. I thought it was pretty good. So he's going to tell me right after we end, right after end the stream. He, oh, no, I fucking hated this shit. You're trash. <laughs> I'll say that right now if you want me to. I don't know what you oh. from me. Oh. But yeah, uh, hopefully you guys um Oh wait, are they going to I wonder if, if they're going to have the pickums. Oh, that's when they get to the main stage. Um I think that's a good idea. Yeah. So you have Mad Lions uh put I could maybe TL beats them. I don't know. But I think if you said Mad Lions go 2-0 on their first day at the World Championship, I I think the playing stage is good for a team like them. Same with Team Liquid. I think for LGD, Team Liquid, and Unicorns of Love, those four teams, I think that this is the best thing for them. Because last year, TL didn't have a playing stage to warm up, figure out their drafting phase. Because you know how in MSI, they had a chance to play against uh, the VCS team, Fonghu Buffalo, and they also got a chance to play uh, that best of five, which really set them up to do a little bit more better. So just see you guys later. Like, comment, subscribe, most of all, enjoy. See you guys later on the Nightwing and Way of Life Esports. We sign out, guys. Peace. We'll see you next Monday to obviously uh, recap and talk about the playing stage matches. So we, we get to see the wildcard teams in action. You guys are hyping these guys up. Hey, it's put up or shut up. It's the international competition time. So everyone's hyping up Unicorns of Love. I better see some good gameplay. I saw some good gameplay last year. So all good in quotations for their level. But... Uh, you guys have been hyping up these guys, so let's see what they got. So that's all. I'm, that's all I gotta say. Peace out, guys. Have a have a great night. See you later. Deuces. You're not gonna say bye. <laughs>